Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. The following is a Post Time with Mike and Mike production. Beckham Z-Tam down by the seaside. Beckham Z-Tam wins the Breeders' Crown. It's Rock and Ron, Mick Wicked on the inside. Mick Wicked to win the Jim York Memorial. Fear the Dragon fights on. Down by the seaside on the outside. Fear the Dragon down by the seaside. Down by the seaside. And Brian Sears gets up to do it. Keystone Velocity getting closer. Mel Mar looking for the line. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity takes it at the all bets off, Keystone Velocity, Keystone Velocity, and Dan Dubay to win the Potomac Pace. This guy's the Energizer Bunny as they head for the Royal Fire Guns. Here he comes, foiled again. He keeps going and going and going and going and going. You're tuned in to the official... Podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing, post time with Mike and Mike, with co hosts Mike Carter. And it's bus 936, and bus 936 on the wings of an angel. And Mike Bozich. Outside Heaven Rocks, but the clock's running out. Filibuster Hanover wins the Commodore Ferry. Elimination. First, over two elimination. 
field of nine is Mike Connors, who's sitting live right now on number five for Kansas, the favorite. Philly, Atlanta. Right now, it's eight to five on the board for number seven. They are getting ready for the game. Touchdown clock is on 17 seconds. Carter has called the clock. Time to start a game. Two Three-year-old open Night. And Father Patrick got a coast home a champion here. 
Breeders' Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there, for it again, dead game, clear vision laid on the outside, Pet Rock on the inside, photo finish, for it again, and Pet Rock together, run. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America hits the road in 2018 by coming to your city starting on Saturday, May 26th for the Camelot Classic at Western Fair Raceway. 
On Saturday, June 16th, we invade Mohawk Racetrack for the very first time as we broadcast the Pepsi North America Cup. On Sunday, July 8th, is the New Vocations Telethon at Jackson Fairgrounds in Jackson, Michigan. Saturday, July 14th, is our first trip of the year to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as we head to the Meadowlands page. On Saturday, August 4th, we return for the Hamiltonian Stakes. We return to Hoosier Park Racing and Casino on Friday, August 10th for the Dan Patch Stakes and back again on Friday, September 21st for the Hoosier Pacing Derby. For more information, visit posttimewithmikeandmike.com. All right, we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and presented by America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, Garnett Barnsdale, PRF handicapper, and Garnett, uh, we didn't get to properly introduce you uh, to our listeners, but you know what? I don't think the Barnsdale name needs any introduction at all. Well, hopefully not. There's not too many Barnsdales around, and I guess if anybody knows one, it's me. But uh, yeah, I do a lot of work for the DRF and uh, several other publications, and uh, just happy to be here with you guys and, uh, on this show. A beautiful day turned out to be the run stop We're at the handle. How much are going to get? All right, boy. Race number nine is up next. We're currently at 12 minutes away, and the talk of the tote board, no surprise here, at one to nine, Mike, is six pack. Well, first of all, let us uh, apologize to our listeners for a little bit of a technical difficulty that we had here the last couple of minutes, but I think we got things straight now, and if you missed it, uh, the winner of the first elimination of the Hamiltonian was Crystal Fashion. And, guys, before we get into this next race, I do want to talk again a little bit about Crystal Fashion because he was really, really good, but so was Atlanta, Mike. You mentioned, you know, that Atlanta raced a heck of a race, and, boy, did she. Scott Zeron let her roll on the front end. She finished second. She was tired towards the end of that mile. So, once again, for wagering purposes, she is a filly. She does have to go another heat. You have to ask yourself, Mike, how can, at that tiring effort, how can she perform in heat number two? There's something. Well, no, number two, about the same. We kind of talked about this just a minute ago. How much did that take out of her? They went 26, 53, 121, guys. That's an impressive mile for any horse, a pacer. We've seen pacers do that today. Yep. The final could very well go in 49 and a piece. It's got to take a little bit out of her. Coming, you know, it's, it's warm now. Um, I feel, I'm not so sure about the Philly Colt thing. They, they both got to, you know, they all got to come back at the same time frame, but. Going a, going a mile like that and then coming back like, what, an hour and a half to, to go to the final, I think it's got to take a little bit out of her. But from, you know, it's something to consider when you're making your bet now, for sure. Now, Garnett, real quick. Now, coming down the stretch, obviously I'm videotaping for the USTA as we're doing this. Was it more that she was tired or was it more that Crystal Fashion was just coming? A combination of both. But I think, you know, the last quarter is 29 flat. So you, you could definitely say she was tired because she put up 26 uh, you know, a 27 and two, and then the third quarter was, uh, you know, 27 and four. So she was definitely getting tired a little bit, but there was nobody else coming. So, like I said before, these were obviously the two best horses at the wire by by a lot. Garnett, let's talk about who didn't make the final. Wolfgang, and we talked a little bit about this horse had that procedure, uh, and it actually came back very, very good. You know, won the Stanley Dancer Memorial. Jingra asked this horse for some trot, pulled to the outside, and just did not make any gains at all. Right, and I think um, I think Jingra was smart waiting to the point where he did. Um, if he pulled first up when, when Scotty's cutting a 53 and two half, he's going to go nowhere. But you see him here, he's got a kind of a little bit funky gated in the stretch. 
and a little bit surprising he didn't make the final for sure. Yeah, and like you say, but uh, let's give a lot of credit to Bristol Fashion, too. I still think that there's a chance that this horse could be overlooked in the wagering come the finals. And I agree. I've been impressed with this horse the whole time. I was impressed with him in the Beal, and I thought that Pennsylvania Sire Stakes effort was even better, even though it was slower by a couple of seconds. I mean, whenever you can make that kind of move that he did two starts back on at Harris, Philadelphia, making yeah. that nice middle move and sustain that bid, that is very, very good to do on that racetrack. Yeah, and just looking at the, how much ground he made on the head on here, I mean uh... – even on the head-on, you can see he's the only horse gaining ground. So, I mean, I think that says a lot for him, uh, especially today where nobody's really closed anything in the stretch hey, in hey, the other race. Hey, hey, Garnett, you know who did make the final, though? Your man, Anthony McDonald, the 97 investors, lawmaker, finishes fifth. He was fifth. That was the four horse on the outside. You sure it wasn't the eighth? I thought he broke. Did he get back sure? on stride? I thought he broke. I thought that was the four. Who Was that the four who made a break at the top of the stretch? Yeah. Oh, so it was the eight yeah, horse. Yeah. See, I thought it was the four. I think he would have made the final. He, he really run. raced well. Lawmaker raced extremely well against uh, this group. Well, Garnett, race number nine is up next. Again, the talk of the tote board here goes to six-pack. And everybody kind of thinks that the Hamiltonian goes through six-pack. And six-pack is a very nice-looking animal. And I'll tell you one thing about it, Garnett, is uh, trader driver Oki Schwanstead has this horse ready to go. The question is, can anybody beat him? Well, I'm a, I don't – the answer to me is no. But by the same token, I'm a little surprised he's one to nine from the nine hole. Um, if, if, if there's anything that's going to potentially get him beat, it's having that post and maybe having a few guys, you know, leave him out there for a little while. But you can see from his last start, I mean, he was parked a mile from the eight hole and drove away from them. So, um, I, I, you know, I made a uh, – I made a bet downstairs yesterday. I don't know if I showed it to you, but I bet uh, $30 on this horse to win the final and tie or break the, the stakes record, and I got 16 to 1 on that. And Wow. Judging by the times they've been going since the sun came out, I think I got a pretty good shot here. Heck, yeah. And listen, 16 to 1 is not bad, yeah. especially when uh, when this horse is 1 to 5. Right. On the Check this out. Check the prop bet out that Garnett was just telling me about, okay? That they have there. He bet Oki Swanson six-pack in the Hamiltonian and break the stakes record, which is going. He got 16 to 1 and six packs 1 to 9 right now. So imagine that's an amazing prop bet if you ask me. I think you know, no I question think. about it. And it's kind of, you know, it's interesting that you could do that stuff nowadays. But, you know, I don't know. Six packs, 1 to 5 on the board. From a wagering point of view, is this a bet against here? For me, it would be a pass because I just because I like him so much. But I, or, you know what? I would probably look for. Uh, I'd look for some value underneath. You see in some of these other races where horses, uh, some of the chucks are get, or the favorites are getting hung out, like that last race there. We've had bombs come in underneath time and time again today and have tries paying $1,500, $1,600 with, you know, $8, $9 horses on top. I might look for some bombs to, to complete the try or super, but I, I, don't, I don't want to bet against them on the front end, really. Yeah, one to nine right now on the board is just obviously ultra impressive. Nine of 14 was very good in the Stanley Dancer going that mark of 150. But maybe talk about some of the other horses in this race. Tactical Landing, $800,000 yearling purchase. You know, the second highest uh, purchase ever, I believe. And this horse is just now starting to put together. One thing is for sure is this horse definitely has a high ceiling. Can he make that jump today? You know, it's, I mean, it's possible. You, you can see he wasn't doing much of anything before Tactor took over the training. And now all of a sudden... Uh, the first start where Jimmy drove him where he's second by a head, you could kind of see he was being very careful with him that night. And ever since then, he's kind of turned up his game. I mean, you, you know, it's possible. The horse I like to come second here, actually, is Classic Hap. 
and uh, mostly from his his race two starts ago, where he went 51 and one. And then he comes back, uh, you know, a good second to Wolfgang. I'm probably if I can get about 15, 16 dollars, I'm probably just going to bet a nine three straight here. All right, now don't forget, guys. Before we throw it back to you, Mike, and we're let's see how far are we away from this race? We still got about 10 minutes to go. Um, we are giving away five autographed Harris Philadelphia programs from Foiled Again's 100th win, and it was autographed by driver Yannick Shingras. So we are giving away five of those. We had a contest uh, a couple of days ago. All you had to do was share the main tw- or share the main Facebook or retweet the main Twitter post. And we've got quite a few retweets, Mike. We've got quite a few shares. I think maybe like 80 or 90, close to 100 all in all. So what we're going to do is maybe once every half hour in this broadcast today, we're going to do the random number generator, and we're going to pick a name. And you have to be listening because we're only going to say it a couple of times. And uh, you have to email us or, or send us a message to let us know that you heard it, and then we'll get that thing right over to you. But what a collector's item that is. Yeah, definitely. The Foiled Again um, program. I got my copy from you. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. Got my copy yesterday. Guys, the ninth race uh, coming up again, one to five on the nine, six pack. Alarm detector uh, is taking a little bit of money here, guys. And I'm a little bit surprised uh, by that. Uh, was third in the Stanley Dancer behind um, behind six pack and you know you do. Both horses wind up back in this race. I was talking to trainer Tron Smedhammer the other day, and he said that he really likes number three, Classy Chap, to win this race. He thinks that the horse has a chance, but he also said, he also told Horseman in Fair World that he likes, um, that he liked Atlanta's chances as well. Well, I'll tell you something about Classic App, guys. Half-brother to 2012 Hamiltonian winner, an honorary market, uh, and Dan Patch Award honorary market share. You know, he thinks he's a little bit green, but he obviously he's got a big engine, he says. He's got a lot of speed. Um, you know, Smedsammer, I love Smedsammer's horse in the Hamiltonian Oaks, Fayetosa. We talked a little bit about that horse as well. And here's another interesting little thing, Mike Carter. Tron Smedsammer won the 2004 Hamiltonian with a horse that I'll name I'll never forget, Windsong's Legacy. Well, listen, I'm going to correct you on your pronunciation first. It's Classy Chap. It's a Chapter 7. It's a Chapter 7, Classy Chap. And I'll tell you why I say that, because we did the interview. So... Mike's been following along with the USDA. We've been doing interviews all week. We had to re-record our interview, Mike, because we kept saying classic cap. Right. And he goes, no, it's classy chap because it's chapter seven. Out so it makes, it makes sense, right, right? right? It makes total sense, right? What are we thinking? Of course. But uh, listen, Garnett, if you missed it, he called the horse Winsong's Legacy all the way through the stretch the other night. And a horse hasn't a horse hadn't raised. Winsong Lindsay was the name of the horse. He called it Winsong's Legacy the entire length of the stretch. So the horse, triple, he, triple called the triple, he called the triple crown winner in the process. Uh, <laughs> happens, it happens. But anyway, we're closing in on uh, post time, and we're closing in. We're going to uh, have the post parade here in just a moment for the second elimination for the Hamiltonian. Guys, let's talk a little bit about some of the races that we've already saw. And uh, first of all, let's talk about the race that we just saw Uh that was before the Hamiltonian elimination, the Kane pace. And how about the effort by Stay Hungry, uh, defeating Courtly Choice, kind of avenging his loss from the Meadowlands pace? You know, that was a bit of a strangely run race because uh, American History, who you think would be up near the front left fifth, and uh, he kind of was half in, half out for almost a half mile, and he really ended up backing up Courtly Choice badly. 
and then kind of not advancing. And, and Stay Hungry slipped out. Not to say he's not a deserving winner. He got a good split in the stretch after doing, you know, not a whole lot of work. And, uh, you know, his, that's his forte is, is pouncing on a, a fast pace, which it was. But I thought the race was kind of strangely run just because of the way, uh, just because of the way American history was driven and kind of eliminated courtly choice uh, from having any chance, really. The John Cash Memorial Trot goes to Marion Marauder. Marion Marauder was the 2016 Hamiltonian winner. Paula Wellwood and Scott Serrano have that opportunity again a little bit later on. But uh, do want to ask you a little bit about Hannah Lore Hanover. And she, you know, she fought well. She fought but well. But the uh, post-12 was just too much. Yeah, I think. She had to make a big move into a third quarter of, uh, you know, 54 and change. And I think that kind of did her in. All right, we're standing here with the president of the Hamiltonian Society, John Campbell. And, John, after watching the first elimination, I'll tell you what, the final is going to be really interesting. Uh, yeah, I thought going into the race we had the potential to have a really interesting race, just, uh, you know, the way it all came together. Uh, obviously, that was an exciting one. Atlanta raced tremendous. She just got a little leg weary down at the end. And uh, uh, Jim Campbell's horse just finally wore her down. But, uh, I, you know, front end isn't just holding up as good – sometimes here and I think that makes for more exciting racing and a little more unpredictable obviously uh, you're not driving anymore and to see your brother go out and uh, win that had to mean something special to you oh yeah it's I'm rooting for him all the time all right John well listen I know you got to get to the draw but uh, we appreciate you coming on for a few minutes all right thanks for being here guys and enjoy the rest of the day good president of the Hamiltonian thanks president of the Hamiltonian Society John Campbell and I'll tell you something had he not been retired he'd probably been driving that horse all the way down the stretch might have been. Well, you know, he is the king of the Hamiltonian. What does he have, like six Hamiltonian crowns to his credit? So, you know, you have to ask yourself, Garnet, every once in a while. You know, you see John Campbell, and he's all over the place doing a great job. Obviously, it was a godsend to get him in a position that he is. But uh, you have to think every once in a while that he certainly misses going out there and competing. No doubt. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure he does when he's watching. You know what? I mean, he's he's doing a great job. He's the perfect person for the job that he's in. You wouldn't you, – you, you, honestly, you wouldn't meet a nicer guy in the business. And, uh, you know, like uh, I, I met him on the elevator the other night and he made a point of striking up a conversation to me. And I'm really nobody when you think when it comes down to the grand scheme of things. And I was really impressed with that. He's a really, really nice man for anybody that hasn't met him. All right, boys. Well, they are coming onto the racetrack for the second elimination for the 2018-93rd Hamiltonian. Let's meet the field. And we'll start with number one, uh, Fashion Woodchopper Mike. Fashion Woodchopper. Uh, is another Jim Kimball trainee. David Miller picks up the drive here, was second in the Reynolds uh, by a neck last time out, came home in 26-2. and two. Definitely want to watch out for Fashion Woodchopper. Number two is Patton Leather. He's one of three Hamiltonian starters for trainer Jim Campbell. He's earned the least of three, but holds the second fastest mark, a 52-3 and three mile taken at Pocono. And, of course, owners, Jules Siegel, operator of Fashion Farms, won this, their first in 1995 with Tag Liabu. They're looking for their second. Number three is Classy Chap, owned by the Purple Hayes Stables, LLC. Tron Smithhammer does the conditioning and driving. Was a $95,000 Lexington Select purchase. Only one win in 2018, currently in 19-1, to 1, and I definitely understand why there. Four alarm detector for trainer Benoit Barjona and driver Trevor Henry. Of course, alarm detector was the 2007. <laughs> Regular driver Trevor Henry. It's his first Hamiltonian. Benoit as well. Number five is fourth dimension, and fourth dimension is trained by Marcus Mander. And I tell you what, they said that Marcus will be taking this race racing game by storm over the next couple of years. 
Rogers. The rumor is he's the next thing on the uh, on the, the fourth dimension was the 2017 two-year-old trotter of the year has eight lifetime wins none so far in 2018 but has been really light, ra- lightly raced thus far number six south wind chrome owned by dreamville stables trained by paula wellwood driver scott Ciron, a combination that is very familiar uh, to everybody uh, mary potter won this back in 2016 and just won the cashman today another horse to overcome some injuries but certainly looks to be headed in the right direction. This would be the second training, second driving win for Scott Zeron, second training, Hamiltonian win for Paula Wellwood. Number seven is Tactical Landing. Over the Tactical Landing stable, Jimmy Tactor trains and drives number seven, Tactical Landing. An $800,000 Lexington Select purchase has won two of his last three starts. And, guys, we can't ignore the fact that some of those races were against older horses, and we'll get to that here in just a minute. But the seven tactical landing looks like if anybody's going to upset, I think it's the seven. Number eight, as you know, you do another Jimmy Tactor trainee for the conglomerate of Howard Taylor, Order by Stables, Hatfield, uh, Katz, and Libfeld, and Gold Band. Yannick Shingra is driving. This is kind of Jimmy Tactor's second in command, if you will, on the road to the Hamiltonian. He's ranked fifth in the weekly top ten. His sire, Muscle Hill, won the 2009 Hamiltonian in a world record 150 and one. And we are 45 seconds away from the race. So, number nine, six pack is the uh, what I consider the dominant trotter of the group here. Uh, obviously, the, the drag time there was not nearly as long as it was a few minutes ago because they're getting ready to go to the gate for the uh, Hamiltonian. Final thoughts real quick. Only beat three-year-olds. And you have to give them a little something for being able to beat older horses. Yeah, and I just like the way he did it. I like the, the first over grind last time, the 26-3 and three last quarter. That's a pretty impressive mile. I think... Yeah, he might be the overlay on the board at 6-1. to one. I thought he might be a little bit of a stronger second choice. But we'll see what happens in the last couple of minutes here. I wouldn't be surprised if six-pack drifts up a bit. I thought the drag time was wrong. I think somebody prematurely put the countdown clock up, Mike. So I guess the drag time. <laughs> well, maybe we're going above and beyond the drag. Unless there's somebody in the paddock, maybe. Could be. It looks like, um, looks like they re- well, we're five minutes past post time now, right? One to two right now on number nine, six pack. As we take a look at the odds board again, six to one on seven tactical landing, seven to one on four alarm detector. A couple of horses here had to battle injuries, as we mentioned during the post parade. Alarm detector. You know, what can you tell us a little bit about Benoit Byers, Joan, and Trevor Henry? You know, Benoit has been a leading trainer in Canada for quite some time. Trevor Henry, this is a guy that's kind of been labeled as, and I don't know if it's a Good label or a bad label, but he's been kind of been considered the king of the B-tracks in Canada. He was. He was the king of the B-tracks for probably about 10 years in a row, and uh, he left them and came to came to Mohawk. Um, I think he realized it's better to race four nights a week than, you know, six days a week, sometimes doing double headers, and he's done very well. So I think that B-track label's kind of left him now, but uh, you saw it yourself. Anytime he shows up at London, like on, those, on the night of the... Uh, the Camelot Classic, he's a guy to watch, especially at that track and the, the half-mile track. He's phenomenal. But uh, he can definitely drive with anybody. And Benoit Bayarjan is a trotter, trotting specialist uh, trainer. He's had a lot of good trotters over the years. Um, this horse has had a little bit of trouble. He kind of stopped a little bit in the dancer, I thought, uh, late. But he came back with a big qualifier, and he's taking a lot of money here. So you got to think uh, if anybody takes uh, takes Oki's Fonstead for a ride early, it'll probably be him. Garnett, I know a lot of people have a lot of different ways of handicapping, but if you look at this race and you just look at the horse's last starts, there's only one horse that was coming out of 
a field which included Crystal Fashion, who was the winner of the first Hamiltonian elimination and was quite impressive to do it, so if you ask me. Yeah. Are you a big field guy? Do you put a lot of stock into comeback winners and fields that horses face in those in that regards? Sometimes, yeah. I think it's something to look at. I don't know if I'm a big guy, but I wouldn't say it's anything that's something that I would necessarily dismiss. And the other interesting thing is uh, when you look at six-packs uh, chart lines, the only horse that beat him this year was Crystal Fashion. So, you know, it, this may come, this may end up uh, the day to be, to kind of reveal that they're the two horses that are maybe much the best. We'll see. All right. The countdown clock expired a while ago, but the Mo LaFountain starting gate, of course, Mo LaFountain is the starter here at the Meadowlands, and he has that starting gate in position. The driver is Jim Marshall III, who's quite a successful driver at the Freehold and New Jersey's drove quite a few races here at the Meadowlands and he steps on the gas pedal. It is time for the second elimination of the Hambletonian number nine, six pack is a prohibitive favorite. We'll start from the outside as the field heads towards the starting point. It's the second elimination of the Hambletonian from the Meadowlands. They're off and trotting. They're on the outside. You know you do. Moves out for the lead. Alarm detector made a break. Alarm detector was trying to leave. Went off stride. Classic chap is showing speed to the inside as they race around the turn. You know you do is looking for an early spot now as they head towards that opening quarter. But it's classic chap who has the lead. Classic chap has the lead. Fourth dimension trying to settle into the pocket. Now Southwind Chrome goes inside. The sixth has made a break. Ashton Woodcoppers inside third. You know you do is part on the outside and fourth. Night of Holden, Patent Leathers. The favorite six-pack found is seems six, and Oka Swanstead's thinking about it already. Tactical landing is in behind him. It moves to the outside as six-pack was in and shuffled there for a second, but now moves to the outside, and this will force tactical landing out wide past the 27-second opening quarter. Alarm detector is back trotting, and Southwind Chrome is way behind. So Classic Jap has the lead by a half. You know you do on the outside up to challenge this leader at the half in 54-4. and four. Fourth dimension. Closes the gap a bit from the pocket third. Fashion Woodchoppers at the inside. Fourth pinned in. Six-pack is hustling to catch up with cover. He's about three and a half lengths off the lead. Tactical landing is third up for Jimmy Tactor. Towards the inside, Patent Leather is shuffled in as they round the turn. But it's still Classic Chap and Swan Simmer steps on the gas past three quarters. It's Classic Chap by a length and a half. Fourth dimension is rough and just went off stride. Room at the end for Fashion Woodchopper. Tactical landing is out wide. And now off stride, you know you do as they straighten away and six-pack doesn't have it today. They're in the straight. Classic Chap leads it by three. Fashion Woodchopper thinks same. Tactical landings on the outside. Pat Leathers trying to split rivals. Just got squeezed at the Walter course. Classic Chap is on fumes inside the eighth pole. Here comes Tactical Landing in between rivals. Fashion Woodchopper six-pack's coming back again, but has no room at the inside. It's Tactical Landing on the outside to win. Patent Leather finished second. Fashion Woodchopper was third. Alarm detected a spike. The break finished fourth. Six-pack and classic chap hooked wheels. I believe fourth dimension got fifth. No, no, it's one of the two hooked wheels horses. One oh. of the two horses that hooked wheels got fifth. So what well, a crazy race. Here we go. <laughs> here we go again. I think six-pack could have been any more trouble than a horse. Hey boys, all I have to say is here we go again. Just like you said, here we go again. It's gonna come down to judges here to figure out who finishes fifth. Classy Chap and 
They both were locked wheels. I think the nine got it, though. The ju- but how much trouble can you get into? Six-pack was in a world of trouble. The whole race. Guys, there is an inquiry, obviously. We're going to take a quick timeout, catch our breath when we come back. More drama from the Meadowlands racetrack. We'll be back in just a moment. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. High drama on Hamiltonian Day once again. Now, they're looking at number four alarm detector. It does appear uh, from the way we looked at things that alarm detector did lose ground. It seems like he complied with all aspects of the breaking rule and should make the final, so we think. The question here is now, does Oki Sponsted and Sixpack make the final, or does Classy Chat make the final? An interesting point was brought up, though, that Oki Sponsted left the course, yes. and when he came back on, he hooked wheels with Classy Chap. So it is of my opinion now that both favorites are now out, and six-pack is out of the uh, top five here. Well, here's a question, and I don't really know. Now, you were shooting the race for the fan zone. I don't know. Do you have a good view when you do that, or you're oh, yeah. more I in mean, the zone? I, I mean, I'm more in the zone, but, I mean, I can see through the viewfinder what's so going he, on. So, okay, so the alarm the detector is going to stay, and now there's an inquiry for that fifth. But But – why did six pack drop back so bad at, I, I didn't after that before I didn't three see. quarters? That I didn't see. Is he that had, what it was? He, he was no squeezed. Rumors. Okay, he got caught in a blind switch. Okay. Okay. He didn't have to duck. He didn't have to duck completely in. Right now, he could make the final. I don't know where. Like, where is he going now? He's trying to win the race. You're already in the top five. What's he doing? 
It I don't appears, know. I can't looking now, let's take let's take another look at this here. We're gonna watch this as the judges are looking at it here. Oh boy! Does if they didn't leave the building? Right, he, right, here we go. This is what we're looking at here now. Obviously, Trond is on the lead here with Classy Chap. Oki gets or is trying to find a way through. Trying to find a way through, he finally gets up the inside with six pack. Okay. Now it does he. The question here is, does he go in? Does he leave the course and go inside the pylons? It is a. It looks like he does. And then he hooks wheels with Tron. I, boys, I'll tell well, you what. Here it is. Here's view. we're going to see, gonna see right the here. head on view. Yeah, this is where you got to look at it. The question here is, did Okie's Fonstead leave the course? And if he did, this Classy is, Chap will make the final. This is going to tell the tale right here. All right, that's let's see. Not, right? That's true. That's true. Right here, Classy Chap. Hold on, wait. As we're watching it now, Classy Chap is the leader. Classy Chap is on the lead here. Okay, so Classy Chap is on the lead. That's what we need to know at this point. Then you're going to see Oki Sponsted try to come up the inside. The question is here, again, does he go inside the pylons as we watch him coming down the stretch? And it does. It looks like he left the course. It does look like he left the course. He only went inside one. He went inside one. But did he cause interference when he came back? That's going to be the question. Dad, you're absolutely right, Mike. So let's take another look at it here. So Mike Carter is going to be on assignment. He's going to go right now into the judges' room. No, I'm, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay, let's take another look at this here. There's so many moving parts to this thing, guys. This is unbelievable. Again, the inquiry light, for those of you missing it, is up. They are taking a look at the stretch. So this will determine the fifth-place finisher and who moves on to the Hamiltonian. We're looking at it again as we watch. Classy Chap is on the lead. Oki's Fonstead goes inside. It appears to me when he comes back inside that he that he's the one who hooked wheels. I can't there's, tell There's no way this nine could stay up. No, I don't think so. So unofficially, it looks like that the, he is fifth. It lo- unofficially, it yeah, looks it, like he's right. fifth. But, again, we don't know that because they don't have five numbers posted on board here at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. Well, let me ask you guys a question. How much is going to go bet that whoever finishes fifth or whoever they put fifth is going to go on and win the ninth third edition of the Hamiltonian? <laughs> is there a doubt in anybody's mind? I think, I think you got it. Hey, hey, Garnett, you got to be proud of me. I'm alive in the pick four after two legs. Oh, for sure. Without a shadow of a doubt. Boy, I'll tell you what, high drama here at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. We'll get to back to this here in just a moment. Let's talk a little bit about the trips here. Six Pack got in a ton of trouble, but how about tactical landing? Jimmy Tactor with ice water through his veins, because I'll tell you what, he waited patiently and then came home down the stretch. Well, and here's another thing, too. I mean, you know, if you get who, – who drives tactical landing? Does Jimmy drive this horse himself oh, sure. in the Hambletonian? I mean, he does have one Hambletonian win with Trixton but, as a driver. But Yannick is not in the final as it stands right now. Well, he might because it's his last Hambletonian. Yeah, he might. Yeah, you're, I, I don't see it. I think he's going to go to his man, but we'll see. Now, there's another view now that we're looking at here. This is uh, – you're not going to be able to. Well, maybe you can. Let's see here. <laughs> they, took, they took that down before, before anybody else could see it. Okay, so again, the question here, boys, is not even the top four. The top four stands as is 7214. The question is, 
who's going to make it to the Hamiltonian. Garnett, you were here last year when this drama happened. Talk to us a little bit about what it was like uh, to kind of sit back and wait for something like this. It was pretty intense, but I think the majority of the crowd kind of knew what was coming. I, I think here nobody really knows what's going to happen. I, I don't think. I, I, don't, I don't know that for sure the nine's going to get tossed out here. I, I really don't. I, I, guess, I, I guess the question at this point is who, who, they, who right now they have is fifth. Right. That's the question. I'm pretty Who is sure at this moment. I'm pretty sure the nine finished ahead looking looking at the replay a couple times. But but I'll tell you what, had they locked wheels about well, ten, ten it, steps early, the inquiry light is down. We gotta hear We're gonna have a here. word here from Ken Workenden. Turn the TV up, Mike, please. We'll have a word from Ken Workenden here in just a moment. Okay, please bear with us as please bear with us as we're gonna wait for Ken Workenden here, if that's okay with everybody, I think. Garnett, that's yep. all right. Yep. We should wait for uh, the race has been declared official. Bob Hollywood Hayden talking to winning trainer Jimmy Tactor. We're going to have a uh, announcement from Ken working in here in just a moment. Here it is. The final qualifier is Classy Chap. It was determined that Six Pack caused interference in the stretch to Tron Smedshammer. So Classy Chap finished fifth. Classy Chap did finish fifth, according to what Ken Workenden said. So there will be no placing here. Classy Chap was the one that uh, finished fifth. So no placing in the Hamiltonian elimination. That was a horrifically bad drive. If he just, if Fonsta just stayed where he was halfway down the stretch, he would have, he was in the final. I don't know if he, he was going to go inside Classy Chap in the race. I don't know what, at that point. Uh, I don't know. Scott, we're nine minutes away from the next race. Let's, let's take a short time out. I think that's probably the best thing to do. And uh, we'll be right back after this time. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. us for a huge two-day live on-site auction of historical items from the former Pompano Park Grandstand. The auction takes place at Pompano Park. It is set to go on Sunday, August 5th at noon and Monday, August 6th at 9 a.m. Come get your bidder's number at the open house on Friday, August 3rd and Saturday, August 4th from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. For those who cannot make it live on-site, it will be on ProxyBids.com. We will be featuring items from the former Grandstand dating back to the early years. 1964, such as Paramutual Signage, the Blastic Horse Zen that was high atop the park, Patton's Place Sign, Castleton Farms Mural, the Jackie Gleason Bar, and a large wall art of horses and drivers from the sixth floor. For more information, visit Midwest-Auctioneers.com. That's Midwest-Auctioneers.com. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, Rehab, Rehome. 
New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. We are back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. Jessica Otten is in the paddock. She'll be having some interviews for us in just a moment. Barnett Barnsdale is also to my left. He's double duty today with the DRF. And here at Post Time with Mike and Mike. And uh, how about some of the prices here for this race? Tactical Landing Wins pays $14.80, 780 and 720 Number two, Patent Leather paid $50.20 to place and $36.20 to show. And number one, Fashion Woodchopper was third, $21.40, $540 exacta, $5,078 and 40 cent trifecta. And uh, we're going to turn over to Mike Carter here in just a moment, but I do. Do I have a time to announce the winner? Or, okay. I've got our first of five winners for the autographed Foiled Again Harris Philadelphia program. It was autographed by Onyx Shingra when Foiled Again got his 100th win. And the first of five winners that we're going to announce throughout the program is Deborah Naylor. Deborah Naylor, congratulations. Send us a private message. Send us an email. Go to our website. Get a hold of us sometime before the end of this show, and we'll send you a Foiled Again autograph program. Mike? All right. Well, Jessica Otten, who we have yet to introduce, is uh, the fourth member of our broadcast team. She's standing by in the paddock with trainer Tony Alanya. Thanks, Mike. I'm standing by here with trainer Tony Alanya um, with Stay Hunger, who raced phenomenal in the cane pace. Can you tell us what your thoughts were coming around the last turn? I mean, he had a lot of ground to make up. Uh, around the last turn, I said he's not going to get a check. I mean, I was really concerned about being so far back, but I knew the fractions were on us up front. But, you know, still he had a lot of work to do, and, I mean, he just exploded. And, you know, he got the big win that he needed this year that he hasn't been able to get quite yet, and he got, uh, more, more importantly, a, a big lifetime mark. Um, now, what, what's next for Stay Hungry? Uh, I haven't decided yet. You know, he's got some options now, but, you know, he, he, he bought himself a little uh, freedom there. Because, you know, now we just got to plan our next start uh, accordingly. You know, after getting the win today, you know, he can either go to the messenger at Yonkers. Uh, we've got some options as far as where we want to go next. Um, but, you know, definitely we got to shoot for Lexington, Breer's Crown, so we don't want to overdo it this time of the year. All right. Well, thank you and congratulations again. Thank you so much. Back to you, Mike. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica Otten. And uh, Jessica's providing all of our backstretch analysis also providing some post-race reaction. She's staying out of the winner's circle. Some we tried, Mike, for uh, Meadowlands Pace Night. It actually worked out better where she met them in the paddock and got some winner's circle. Well, and yeah, and then she can get previews as well. So she's positioned herself quite well there. And for those of you that don't know, the winner's circle can really get crowded, especially on uh, big nights like today. But uh, so they're going to draw for the Hambletonian Here in soon. just a few minutes, yeah. Okay, and we're going to we're gonna try to pick that up and get that, obviously, as soon as we know. Of course, you guys will be the first to know. Uh, what do you think? Race number 10? Race number 10 is up next. Uh, you know what? I'm going to let you and Garnett take it. Let me go in here and see what's going on with the, um, with the draw. Okay. Can I borrow your, can I steal your phone and, uh, some headphones and we'll go in there and maybe we'll get, uh, maybe we'll get some, uh, dry action. You, 
Yeah, of course I do. I know you do. Okay, well, there's the phone. And, uh, okay, okay, sounds good. All right. Race number 10 is coming up. Three-year-old Colt and Gelding Trotters. Field of nine will do battle coming up. And uh, we're about 10 minutes away from a start, but uh, Garnett, it's never too early to get to work on a race, especially when you've got a field of 12 here. And this for three-year-old Colt and Gelding Trotters. And right away, when you look at the board, it looks like there's pretty good value in this race. Yeah, you know, I wheeled this race in the pick four, which I don't typically wheel races because I thought I had two good horses. I thought I handicapped the other race as well, but I'm 0 for 2 now with uh, holding an all in this race. But, um, you know, it, it might be interesting to you, um, in the DRF picks in the newsletter, I picked Spartan on top. So what can you tell me about Spartan? Because you must have seen him in many of his races at Harris Philly. All right, so we're going to get this draw here right now real oh, the quick. Draw, Is okay. there? Yeah, and uh, we're, we'll go ahead and, and just announce it there. They're doing it right now. Crystal Fashion has drawn post number three. So let's mark this down. Tactical Landing draws post number two. And Classic Chap draws post number one, Garnett. Interesting. So Classic and Mets Hall draws post number eight. Post number five goes to Fashion Wood Chopper. Patent Leather draws post position number 10. Jim Campbell got all three of his horses in the final. Very good. Patrick Habit post number six. Atlanta the Philly draws post position number seven. Alarm Detector draws post position number four. And Evaluate draws post position number nine. So there it is. Hamiltonian 93. One is Classic Chap. Two is Tactical Landing. Number three, Crystal Fashion. The four, Alarm Detector. Five, Fashion Wood Chomper. Number six is Hat Trick Habit. Number seven is Atlanta. Number eight, Mets Hall. The nine, Evaluate. And number 10 is Patent Leather. Now, Garnett, before we get back into this 10th race, one thing I did want to mention, because he drew post position number four, that kind of went under the radar because of all the confusion yeah. in the stretch, was that alarm detector broke, lost a lot of ground in the beginning, and still managed to close up the finish fourth. I think that's worth noting. Yeah, and it was one of the first things I was going to mention, actually. Uh, yeah, I mean, he might be good. He might be a good bet in the final, because uh, you know, his only problem is his gait, which kind of worries me, too. But listen, if he starts well, he could be sitting a pocket behind Atlanta here. I, I don't think there's any question Atlanta's going to try the same kind of tactics except maybe try to get a little bit of a slower half, uh, in, in, you know, in the final. But um, I tell you what, I'm leaning towards the Philly right now with, with just the way this race shapes up. I think maybe she might be able to wire it. So once again, no Wolfgang in the final, no six-pack in the final. I think this really throws this thing up wide, wide open. And I don't know what Dave Brown is going to do in the morning line, but if I was in his situation, I think Crystal Fashion deserves some very big consideration to be morning line favorite. I agree. I think he might be the morning line favorite, and uh, I think the two the two winners will probably be the morning line favorites. Maybe with uh, Atlanta a close third, probably Crystal Fashion five to two, uh, the Tactical Landing three to one, and then maybe the Philly four to one, something like that. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Philly's the favorite going to the gate. Hey Garnett, I got I got to say this. 
So we all remember the class or the courtly choice snafu in North America Cup. Right. Now remember what I said earlier long that bomber. this horse that this horse could be the long bomber and could be the sleeper. Not anymore. Now that Six Pack and Wolfgang are both <laughs> out. Now freaking we're gonna get this horse could probably be the fav, one of the favorites. But you had him as the sleeper before the first elimination okay. and you were proven right there, right? Oh, so, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So I I, I think you can you still make a case for that. So, all right, race number 10 is six minutes away, guys. Race number 10, we take a little bit of a break from the stakes action, guys. Uh, race number 10 is a race for Hamiltonian eligibles. Um, Taekwondo, Mike, is a horse that you have gotten to see uh, a couple of times out at, uh, excuse me, no, that's T-Rex. I'm sorry, you know, listen to me. You've watched him a couple of times. Johnny Tactor's had a pretty good day here so far, though, Mike. And, you know, we faced Mets Hall last time. I thought this horse raced pretty good from the outside, considering they got that 57 and three half. They did their best trotting on the way home. I think a little bit of a post position switch from eight to six, I think, could be a big deal in a lot of times, in a lot of situations. Hey, Gabe, how you doing? Boy, how you doing? You got a second, Gabe? All right. I just wanted to, I just wanted to ask you about that whole confusion there. That was a chaotic. I actually missed it. Uh, I was riding the elevator up to do the Hamiltonian final draw, so I had to check in, and once I got to the press box, uh, to see how it all uh, settled once the dust uh, was out of the way. Uh, my tactical landing. I was going to pick one in. I uh, like everything I saw from it. I don't think it was overly uh, used. I think it was a nice, patient drive, which I think will serve him well. Seems to be a cold who does not know where the end of the mile is. He just continues to uh, get better and keeps coming. I like him. You know who my pick was, don't you? Because I thought mine was a sleeper. I'm sure you thought yours was too, Crystal Fashion. We both are going to lose our prices now. I hope you know that in the final. We are. So are you still confident heading into the uh, final? I thought things, you know, that was, that was a nice effort from Crystal Fashion. Things set up nicely uh, for him as well. So two wild ha- Hamiltonian eliminations, guys. Should be a great final. Your position that night, I'll be calling the wiener dogs. Mike will only be calling the horse races. You already said you're buying dinner that night, so make sure you got your check with you, your wallet with you. Hashtag check the game. Check the game. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Anyway, uh, good to see Gabe. A lot of people had flight difficulties trying to get here, Garnett. I know you and you and Ace drove up here, which was yeah. obviously the best way to go because everybody was having problems getting here, especially from the Midwest uh, due to the closing of a Newark airport there for a bit. Never any issues with the uh, ERF harness, Volkswagen Passat. It goes yeah, everywhere, right, and it right, just right. keeps going. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you guys get to work on this race. I got to step away for a minute. So, Mike, it's a good betting race, good 12-horse race here, Mike. It is a fantastic race. We're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is Blog Talk Radio. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8787. 82 extension 5555. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winback. 
Farms.com. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, Mike Bozich, Garnett Barnsdale, Jess Cotton, standing by back in the paddock. Garnett, race number 10 is up next. I'm three deep live in the pick four here. I'll tell you what, I'm really, really looking forward to this payoff if we can get through this light. Yeah, man, especially if you down here at 8 to 1 on the board, uh, probably your, the third, just a weak third choice in the morning line. So you'd be, look, you'd be looking at some good money no matter what. Because what, you get two six to one shots to open it up? Yeah, two six to one shots uh, to open it up. And uh, both Wolfgang and Six Pack, you know, had to be singles in a lot of people's tickets. So I'm thinking that, uh, you know, we got some good value here, even from the 12. Help is on the way. He's currently five to two on the board. Yeah, you you just need to hit it now. Even if it chalks out, you're going to get some good money. I was looking, Garnett, and uh, we're not going to go through the post parade here uh, for race number ten. But Garnett, I was looking at the live money left. I saw three hundred, I saw four hundred, and I saw seven hundred out of a pool that started out as seventy five thousand or more. That's pretty good. So that's on your horses, three, four, and seven hundred. Yeah, that's what's left money wise. Yeah. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, and and if one of them wins, it's going to drop substantially after that for, for onto sure. the next, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, good luck. I think you got a good shot. This is a pretty wide open race. Um, I just wanted to ask. I just wanted to ask your partner here. I picked Spartan. I wonder if you could tell me something about Spartan. I was asking you. I picked Spartan on top, and you must have seen him race quite a few times. I wonder if he's over. You think he's over his head, or can he fit in here, or what's the deal? Spartan is a very, very nice horse. Um, you know, Tim Tietrich was was driving this horse the majority of the time. McCarthy drove this horse back in the Stallion Series. Um, that field, the Stallion Series field, sometimes can be a little weak. To be right. perfectly honest right. with you, a lot of times the straight conditions are tougher than the Stallion Series, especially in you know in in June and July and that. But I'll tell you what, this horse got a nice, long, sustained grind. It's going to be interesting to see how he takes the bigger track. He's going to be in position to use that grind. He's probably going to be sitting third or fourth and try to come out. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I'll tell you what, 12 to 1, I think, is a very good price right now on the one Spartan. I'm going to take a shot on him, I think. All right. Well, uh, listen, you've gotten a call the last couple of races, and I think, I think, we're going to, I think I'll take one if that's all right here. Big 12-horse field. Listen. <laughs> Listen to him. Listen to Mike here. He doesn't want to call it 12-horse field going a mile. Maybe if they were going a mile on an eighth, he'd be good. But uh, they are going to the gate for – or getting ready to go to the gate for race number 10. Um, currently the 2-1 uh, to one favorite, number 12, help is on the way. Number 6, Taekwon Deos taking some money here, uh, Garnett. What do you think of the six-horse? Well, I mean, Johnny and Jimmy Tactor are having one heck of a day, and this horse is only 3-1. to one. That probably tells you something right there. Well, listen, I left that horse off my ticket, so I right. might be in a world of trouble here. Yeah, and if, and if he leaves especially, I'd be a little bit worried. Well, that's the one thing about it. If you're looking at his lines, he doesn't show a lot of leaving efforts, except for that line back on June 30th in the qualifier. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what Johnny Tactor does here. you got to think he's been paying attention to how the track's been playing. I think so. And, and the other thing is, like that race, they were in the Dancer and the Reynolds, right? And you've right. got the eight hole. Maybe you're looking to trip out a bit, which he did. Uh, finished fifth, beaten three. That's actually a really good line when you look at it. Um, I might use him in the exactor here, actually. The seven, Sirocco Bob, uh, taking some late money here. Currently at five to two, uh, seven to one. Excuse me, seven to two on the morning line. Has three straight victories and looks very sharp at the Meadows and the Arden Downs. Yeah, it's pretty hard to fault anything he does. I mean, maybe the only thing, if you're looking for a chink in his armor, might be the whole last quarters are a little bit slow in those wins, and uh, speed hasn't really been holding up the past few races here. Race number 10, they're going to the gate here 
in just a uh, moment or so. It looks like they're gathering on the far turn, watching them warm up. We're going to watch them warm up for the Hamiltonian and kind of, you know, do like we've been doing, you know, see if we can notice anything. One horse that I think uh, will be a play next next time out um, is Pinkman. Uh, from, and we're going all the way back to the first race. Right. But Yannick got in a world of traffic right. trouble uh, in the stretch. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, Pinkman might be a, a, a very big play next time out. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, there, there was a horse kind of, I added to my uh, virtual stable. Now, you, remember, you left last night. Yeah. And I was alive in the double, $15 double. Well, Ron Burke, first time Ron Burke went around the first turn and was cut off around the turn. I'll get the name of the horse in a couple of minutes. The eight horse. Was cut off and made a break. Is that what happened? Yeah, he was cut off and made a break. So he never really, um, never really, um, Never really got into the race. We'll get to that here in just a moment. They're about to go to the gate for the 10th race. It's the Hamiltonian Eligibles who take center stage now. Again, 2-1 to one on the 12. Help is on the way. 5-2 to two on the 6. Taekwondo 7. Sirocco Rob as the gate begins to roll for the 10th race. It's post time for the 10th race. The uh, Dennis Drazen $50,000 Hamiltonian Eligibles preferred. The preferred equine starting game. Picking up speed, and here they come. And uh, they're off from in between our horses. Away for the lead is cruising in style, leaving there as well is Taekwondo on the outside. Sorocco Rob left and is into the mix there too as they race on to the uh, first turn. On the outside is Taekwondo. Didn't get a good beginning there, but cruising in style. And Anthony McDonald go to the top, lead by two over Missile Hill in a second. Parked in pressing on the outside third, Taekwondo. Second over parked out is Sirocco Rob. Then at the inside is Spartan. Will Can Go is into the mix there, too, as they race up the back stretch. Mississippi Storm got away about eighth. And on the outside is Lindy's Big Bang. From there is Help is on the way from Fashion Forever. And last in trailing is X arch as they race up the back stretch. And it's cruising in style, a half a length to the good. Taekwondo parked and pressing on the outside. Then at the inside is Missile Hill. Second over parked out is Sirocco Rob, but he's got some cover through a half and 55 and one. They make their way onto the far turn. Cruising in style, battles on to Taekwondo. has been parked every step of the mile. So too is Sirocco Rob. Then at the inside is Missile Hill. Into the mix there is Help is on the way. Game third over trip there. Then comes a Spartan racing in sixth. Seventh is Mississippi Storm. As they come to the top of the stretch, it's Cruising in style who has the lead. Cruising in style on top. Taekwondo still right there. Then on the outside, three wide is Sirocco Rob. Four wide for the drive as Help is on the way. They're into the stretch and it's Cruising in style with the lead on the outside is Sirocco Rob coming on now as well as help is on the way on the outside. Sirocco Rob help is on the way is coming for Tietrich, but fighting on is cruising in style on the outside. Help is on the way in between horses. Sirocco Rob help is on the way gets to the lead for Tim Tietrich and help is on the way will win it in between horses. Taekwondo then Sirocco Rob in 151 and four. So gee. I'm live going into the final leg to a very nice pick four. I'm pretty happy about this. And what do you got? Uh, I got a bunch of them, actually. Uh, well, I'll, tell you in, I'll tell you in just a minute. Talk, dissect this race a little bit. The 12 got the perfect trip. 
after following two parked out horses, but the two parked out horses raced extremely well. They did. Uh, the tractor horse was obviously live. Uh, I guess Anthony McDonald was a little upset about the way he drove White Tiger, so he wanted to get a little more aggressive here and uh, took no prisoners. He still managed to get fourth. I, I don't think it was a terrible drive uh, on his part, but uh, that kind of changed the complexion of the race and set it up for a closer. That's how closers can win here. 12 horse field, buddy. How'd you do? I thought I did all right. Uh, we'll see. They're spit on the mic, so we'll see. Gar- Garnett, so we're, we're live to we're live to all bets off. Me so fast and McWicked. No, you're live. Oh, I'm sorry. You asked me. to split my ticket, but you didn't ask me if I wanted to split yours. Yeah. Sorry, you can buy dinner. Anyways, listen, but th- those are three capable horses, I think. What do you got? Which ones you got? I all got bet all bets off. Me so fast and McWicked. I uh yeah, I I like me so fast. I think I picked him to win in the DRF. So. If you can get all bets off down, you got to be getting more than a thousand bucks, I would think. And here comes that sun! Holy moly! When that sun gets, I dry uh, out fast. Now you get the hat. You got the hat. But uh, yeah, we just got to hope. And I'll tell you what: after this little patch of clouds goes, doesn't look like there's going to be much relief for it, and uh, it's just gotten hotter. But you know what? It's actually better than the rain. And the track is dried out considerably after really overnight solid overnight rain. Right. And I'll tell you what: they're going some good miles. They sure are. I think. I think half my prop bet's going to come true. I think they'll break the stakes record, but the horse is still locked wheels down here somewhere. Yeah, 151-4 and four for the winner of that race. The Amaki Memorial is coming up a mile and an eighth. And, you know, Mike, when uh, we see this race, we certainly wish that we didn't have to say this title or this title wasn't here. And it's always tough because you look at that, and then, you know, Sam McKee was always a couple doors down, and his booth – Right across the way, looking at you too. So, this always uh, the former the the uh, international pacing championship, I believe, right? U.S. Pa- U.S. U.S. pacing championship, and and once again, this race is coming up a good field as well. Filibuster Hanover, a lot of possible value coming up in race number eleven. But help is on the way. Is returning to the winners' circle, trainer Linda Toscano, driver Tim Tietrick, and you know Garnett. We talked a little bit about Tim Tietrick was the regular driver on the one Spartan, of course, going to. Uh, you know, Linda Toscano's charge here. He drives yeah. pretty much all of her horses. But uh, maybe that hurt Spartan a little bit. Well, I mean, he, Spartan kind of got a little bit buried just by the way the race developed. Yeah. I don't even know if it was the driver's fault. He left with him a little bit, and then those two horses got hung on the outside, and he was the third one on the rail. But he had, the, he had some room in the stretch. He didn't have that much trot, really. So I think maybe I just picked a slower horse that time. All right, Garnett, you ready for these payoffs? Yeah, let's hear them. 1,400 with the three. That's what I said. You'd be getting good money there. Three hundred with the eight and two twenty-three with the twelve. So well, not, not horrible, but if all doable. bets off wins, you're taking us to that sizzling steak. I, I, I am going to steak. <laughs> yeah, that's yes, right. You are. We're going to end the broadcast early and just go right to the steak. That's house? right. We'll, we'll we'll go get a steak before the hamble. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the day. <laughs> this guy's time. That'll be the day. Listen, Mike will tell you I don't buy anything. When he came to visit last year. I made Kate pull her pocketbook out. Uh, that's just how things go, my friend. Unbelievable. Well, prices are up six sixty. The winning mutual for help is on the way. Twelve six exacta returns thirty two dollars forty cents. The twelve six seven trifecta returns eighty five dollars and twenty cents. And uh, some happiness in the winner's circle right there as help is on the way. Accomplishes the task in race number ten. And there is the Dennis Strauss Memorial, sponsored by the Andy Miller Stable, the beautiful Sin Syndicate. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's good to see 
horsemen and stables step up uh, really all across these races on big days like this, like the San McKee Memorial sponsored by the Purple Haze Stables, uh, Diamond Creek Farms uh, sponsored a race. Uh, I believe the Jerry family sponsored a race. And uh, there's some guy, I have no idea who he is, is standing right in back of me. And I believe his name is Ray Cotolo. I'm just going to hand the mic to you. Uh, no, you have as no much, don't do it. You have as much of an idea as I do about who I am. How are you guys doing so far? Well, well listen. Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to share. So, listen, I got, I got to tell you. So, I, I was really happy to see Crystal Fashion win because I, I really wanted Six Pack to make the final so I could get some value in the race. And now things have kind of turned uh, from uh, – Value City to not so value. Well, I feel like uh, you got that phrase Value City from somewhere uh, familiar. <laughs> but I bet Matt Hall in that race personally because I saw 41 was great. He got third. If the race really goes fast, the problem, though, Crystal Fashion races from off the pace. So you have a favorite that's going to probably get the setup like how we had in the pace, Courtly Choice. Just got the trip, and then he capitalized, though. I'm still on Matt Hall. He draws the eight hole. He could get a trip. And at the very least, I lose $2 on horse. It's going to be probably, again, 40 to 1. Now, the question is, uh, what do you think of the filly? She raced exceptionally well. She was obviously better than, say, Wolfgang in that race. Oh, I think the fact that Wolfgang went off Lasix was a huge thing there. Uh, but then again, it's also pure speculation. I don't know why she went so fast early on, especially in the first elimination. I don't know if maybe they had so much confidence that she could just keep rolling and then the tank emptied into the stretch. I'm not sure. But huh? I'm a little worried. She drew the outside again. She's going to be pressured, although it's good that Ox's not in that race now because he would have been gunning after her. I wouldn't bet her at all. I think she's going to clear easily, very easily. I think there's, there's – who's going to park her from the inside here? If he gets to, if he gets to the half in 55, the race is over. My thing about the, 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 the first elimination was I'm not sure he could control her. I think she was just so keyed up. I don't think he intended on going 53-2. and two. I just don't think he could slow her down. Well, the question is, why did she have that big lead in the stretch, and then, yet, then Crystal Fashion ends up reeling her in? Because she's tired. She won a 29 final quarter. That's well, if that, if that happens again, though, don't you, aren't you a little worried? I don't know. It depend, it's going to depend on price for me. If she's the third choice, I'm going to pound away. I'll tell oh, you that right now. I'll pound anyone that's above the third choice. Let's put it that way. All right, Ray. Well, oh, okay, okay. I, well, I didn't want you to leave without promoting North American Artists Update. Oh, well, you, you started already. Yeah, we're live right now. We've been live since 1130 in the morning. Um, well, here's the thing. We did a six-hour audio show, and at the very least, we got exciting races going on here. Not to do it, not to throw shade, but you hand a horse a race. What can you do? At the very least, the fact that I was able to give out Grand Teton at 70-1, to 1, he got second. Babes dig me too at 20-1, to 1, got third. I didn't cash the triple, so uh, I see I'm on a roof right now, but the fence is a little high for me to try and jump. <laughs> I think I'll have to stay away from that for now. Uh, but I think this Hambo and the Oaks, too. I'll give you the Oaks winner right now. I watched the eliminations last week. Manchego's going to be the favorite, but Faye Tosif looked way too good in the elimination to not win the final. Ray, let's talk a little bit about yourself for just a second. Uh, you're going you're gonna to have an opportunity to be announcing at Shenandoah, I believe, what I saw, right? That's right. I'll be calling at the Shenandoah Fair in Woodstock, right? It's in Woodstock, Virginia. Yeah, I'll be calling uh, August 31st, September 1st. Uh, I don't want to say I'll see what I can get away with because I'm not that loose of a cannon. When it comes to doing professional work, Garnsdale, you can attest to this. <laughs> I, I'm a straight edge guy. You are. Hey, isn't that where this hick over here started? This, isn't that the same track? Yeah. Well, I, 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 those are your words, not mine. 
<laughs> uh, listen, no, I got my start at the Shenandoah County Fair, and it didn't work out to where I could get down there. So I was glad to, you know, kind of talk with you some, and I'm glad it worked out for you. This is your first, uh, like, full, not full-time, but, like, first gig, correct? Oh, uh, yeah, it'll be my first time calling a full card of races. Uh, I don't know how many people are in that area that either listen to this show or want to listen to me. Uh, either or, you'll be forced to. All right, Ray. Well, listen, I know you got a bunch of work to do. Go get some work done and uh, keep up your great work. All right. Thank you, guys. Three hours? It's only three hours? Come on, man. All right. Race number 11 is up next, boys and girls, and it is the Sam McKee Memorial. Guys, let's go ahead and dive into this so we don't miss the post parade because they are going to the gate in six minutes. Number one, Delta winner. Trained by Marcus Silva, was a winner against non-winners of company last time out. David Miller picked up the reins here. Has a little bit of early contentious speed, and that's a little bit of a concern here. Number two, Funk and Waffles, Crawford Farms. Uh, they, they flew a plane here, as we saw on Facebook. Funk and Waffles comes off a 50-4 and four win at Saratoga. That's pretty fast, guys. And uh, he's 23-1. to one. I, I'd make him a, you know, a mar- marginal contender. He's got a shot. Number three, all bets off. And, guys, if you remember his last start in the Billy Houghton Memorial on Meadowlands Pace Night, Garnett, you were here that night, I believe, and yep. you remember it. He got locked in, had a ton of horse turning for home, and I really think that today is his day. Look, he's only 7-1. I'm okay with that. Good for you, man. You got a good, you got a good-looking ticket there. The four, Rock and Run, uh, hasn't won since the Camelot Classic where he was dominant, um, but he's got all kinds of speed. You know he's going to be up – on or near the pace, um, I think he's a threat, and he's 8-1. to one. Number five is Sicily. It's going to be hard-pressed to find Sicily in this race, but I'll tell you what, this is a speedy horse, if I haven't seen one, for trader Christopher Coat. And I'll tell you, my, or, uh, Garnett, that Sicily and Vic Kirby could be, the, uh, could be what controls this race and pace scenario. I'm not so sure. I think there's going to be others that are. I, I think uh, he'll be forced to take a seat behind someone like Rock and Run or maybe Filibuster Hanover. But the six is Western Joe. Western Joe comes off a race here at the Meadowlands where he was leading at the quarter in 25 and four, took some cover and closed in 26 and three. That's one of my favorite angles when betting horses is to see horses that have high early speed and high late speed and win a race. And yet, you know, other people are onto that too. He's only four to one here. Number seven, Filibuster Hanover owned by Burke Racing Stable. Gala, James E. Silva, Stable, and Weaver Brissemi, Ron Burke, the uh, trainer, Yannick Jingra is in the sulky. Uh, this four-year-old gelding was second, even though he made a break on um, Hamiltonian night in the William Hout Memorial against McWicked, and that was a very tough field as well, Garnett. Absolutely. Uh, the eight, Miso Fast, comes off a race where he finished second by length to Western Joe. He did most of the heavy lifting in that race, uh, made a big move to the, to the three-quarters. In 120 and three, he's taking a lot of money here. He's down to nine to two, and you got to make him a contender too. This is, I think, there's a lot of chances in this race. Number nine, Western Fame is owned by the Brittany Farms. Jimmy Tactor trains. Andrew McCarthy is in the sulky. Was fourth behind Western Joe. Me so fast and Better's Edge going to take a lot for Western Fame here in the 11th. Check six. The defending champion is twice the odds he was last year when he won at about 36 to one. Oh, he just jumped up to 80 to one. Uh, you're, you'd be hard pressed to find him uh, winning this from the 10 hole, I think. Yeah, that's what we said last year. What happened. Well, he didn't have the 10 hole, though. That's for sure. Number 11, Mock It So by Bayman Racing. Jeff Bayman Jr. trains. Brett Miller's in the sulky. Post number 11 is going to be a little bit tough coming off a shaky Joe Garrity Memorial. 12, McWicked. He's, every, you know, he's the, the public's choice here at 9 to 5. His last start was unbelievable. Uh, you know, it was really a prep for this race. He wasn't used hard. He ended up on really bad cover in a race that they were crawling. 
and he still managed to come home in 25 flat somewhat easily to win the race. Uh, he's going to be he's going to be tough here, but you know what? From the 12 hole, we saw that Handler Hanover could get beat from the 12 hole. You can get into some kind of funky. You can get into a funky trip here. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't take a short price on him. All right. Well, that is the field for the Sam McKee Memorial. Before they go to the gate, we got a couple more minutes. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, it's the Sam McKee Memorial live from Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback farm.com And we're back on post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter and we are getting set for the Sam McKee Memorial. The countdown clock is just about expired. This one is going at a mile and an eighth. Formerly the U.S. Pacing Championship going for a purse of $260,000. Once again, this is a mile and an eighth. Number 11, Mockett So and 12, McWicked will start from the second tier. Six to five right now on the second tier, starting 12, McWicked. Seven to two right now on number six, Western Joe. As the field makes its way towards the starting point, it is the Sam McKee Memorial. Right here from the Meadowlands. Here they come. There, off in pacing. Filibuster Hanover from the outside moves out for the lead. Sicily's right there in between rivals. Rock and Ron shows speed with all bets off quickly to the pylons. A so fast floats out of this three wide at the present. Funkin Waffles caught him between horses wide of Delta winner. They race around the first turn and moving out at about the uh, three path there is McWick. He's going to end up third over. There's heavy traffic in the back. Towards the inside moving up is Mockett. So that one is fifth on the rail, actually sixth on the rail, eighth overall, and trapped in as they make their way past that opening quarter. It's filibuster Hanover in front by a length, 26-1 and one for that quarter. Rushing move coming from all bets off now. Here comes the veteran, the seven-year-old. Kaylee's on his way. He's going to clear filibuster Hanover as they start off the back stretch. He's so fast with cover move up as bets off completes clearing move. Western Joseph the inside fourth. Rolling up on the outside now. Funkin Waffles moves up into fifth. Nick Wicked through that second tier has worked out a third over journey, but it's slightly gapped off cover about six lengths off the lead. Rock and Ron and Louis Philippe Boss pinned to his inside as they make their way past the half. 54 and four is the time. Back up to the top. All bets off on the inside is trying to rebuff me so fast as they round the turn. Bellabuster Hanover's at the inside third. Funkin Waffles right here within strike 
striking range. Only a length and a half off the lead fourth. Inside Western Joe is no place to go. McWicked continues along third over. Rock and Rondo angles off the pylons. Also with clearance Delta winner with eight to come. 121 for three quarters. Top of the stretch. All bets off on the inside. Be so fast is still right there. And here comes a spirited move now from McWicked, who's on the scene as they straighten away for the stretch drive. Delta winners out way wide in the straight. It's all bets off. Freedom now for filibuster Hanover. Outside McWicked. Three horses now. McWicked takes the lead. Inside filibuster Hanover. All bets off is weakening. Western Joe angles out, but not much time left. McWicked. Here comes Western Joe on the outside, picking him up, laying him down. Western Joe to win over McWicked. Filibuster Hanover finished third. Delta winner rallied on for fourth. 202 flat for the mile at an eighth. And the win goes to Western Joe. And this was, I know it. Mike, you had a many chances, many, many chances to complete that pick four. You needed all bets off me so fast and McWicked. McWicked had to make that three wide move. The extra mile at an eighth certainly, or the extra eighth of a mile certainly cost him. Me so fast was denied the lead. Unsuccessful brushing attempt. All bets off had the lead. Mike, it looked like you were going to bring it home. But Western Joe, who was just craftily Garnett handled by Scott Zeron, ended up with the best trip and the most pace in the end. Yeah, you know, Scotty's having a day here, man. Like, that was another great drive. And, uh, I mean, this horse this horse fit, if you look at his last race, the way he started the race, 25-4 and four and a 26 and a piece uh, last quarter. He's actually a pretty comfortable winner here. So, I guess he was uh, – but he got he got the trip, right? And uh, He did. That, that's, yep. why I, that's why I, I can't take a short price on a horse from the 12th hole ever. It's just – you get forced into to, to maybe doing something you don't want to do at some point of the mile, and it's just enough to get you beat. Listen, again, at the top of the stretch, I was I, – I tell you, I really thought I had a big chance turning for home. And, uh, you know, post-12 is, uh, is just a tough place to come from. And, uh, you know, nothing, uh, nothing taken away from the winner of the Sam McKee Memorial here. I think that the six um, – that the six Western Joe deservedly so wins the race and uh, looked very sharp uh, with Scotty Z and the bike. Certainly did. I think he just got the trip. I mean, it's a lot of times these races just come down to who's got the most pace in the end. I mean, there was a lot of moving parts in this race. You know, there was uh, a lot of traffic in the backfield, horses trying to get position that couldn't. Western Joe was able to get position, able to save ground, clearance towards the end, and you had some tired horses up there with McWicket already making his move. And, you know, filibuster Hanover, even to an extent, was used quite a bit then was back to the pocket, but he just simply got out closed. Delta towards the end, but all bets off and me so fast, Mike, really did the lion's share of that work. And uh, I'll tell you what, that was a really good effort, I thought, for all bets off. And you have to wonder if he could add the trip that Western Joe did. Maybe it might have been a different result. Yeah, I got, I got to agree with you there. Uh, you know, a little disappointed, but hey, you know what? That's all right. We're going to go back to Jess Scott. She's standing by with driver Tim Tietrick, who will drive Crystal Fashion in this year's Hambletonian. Jessica? Thanks, Mike. I'm here with Tim Petrick, who will drive Crystal Fashion in the Hambletonian. Tim, talk to us a little bit about what was coming, going through your head coming off the turn. I mean, that horse has really surged home. Yeah, he's been racing really well off the pace like that and uh, charging home. And uh, today there was plenty of speed to follow, so we just uh, we sat back and, you know, he chased down that tough mare that was on the lead. Now, what do you kind of look forward to going into the final? You know same scenario, hopefully. Plenty enough pace for me to chase, and, uh, you know, I can get a good trip. My horse is a closer, or, you know, he likes to track and chase and get him late, so hopefully I can work out a good trip. All right. Well, thank you, and good luck. Thank you very much. Back to you, Mike. <laughs> yep. 
All right, Jessica Otten in the back paddock. Guys, race number 12 is the first of two big events being carried on CBS Sportsnet, uh, by the way. So if you can't, uh, you know, if you're listening to the show and you want to catch some of the action there as well, CBS Sports Network carrying the 2018 Hamiltonian. And uh, li- listen, I wish I was these guys. Yeah, I wish I was their crew, man. They, you know, look, they got a beer in their hands. Well, that's not all they have. Well, I'll tell you what, it must be nine French broadcast over there. They're doing a fantastic job. By the way, we've got our second winner of the Foiled Again autograph program from Harris, Philadelphia, when Foiled Again got his 100th win. And once again, you obviously have to be listening. And if your name is called, Get a hold of us any way you can. Uh, messages on Facebook, uh, messages on Twitter, if that's the case, or send us an email via our website at posttimewithmikeatmike.com. That winner is Derek Lucci, L-E-U-C-E. Again, Derek Lucci, congratulations. You've won a foiled again autograph program from when he got his 100th win at Harris Philadelphia. team next to us. Now, you guys are from France. Is this your first trip to the Meadowlands? Uh, it's my seventh Templetonian in a row working for Ikea, so that's super exciting. My friend there, uh, Anthony, is his first for uh, Ikea over here, so he's been to Yonkers for the International Trust, but he's very excited to be here. And you said your name is Kristen, correct? Yeah, Kristen. Kristen, now, now talk to us a little bit about how the, you know, you come over here and you see the racing here, how much different it is kind of covering the racing here compared to overseas? It's really not the same type of races. We got so much longer distances here. Uh, everything is super fast. It's a very different effort for the horses, too. Um, the show is different. On big days, I think, well, tonight the crowd here seems really good. There's a really good mood, and the crowd is much young, younger than the ones we'd have in, uh, in France or in uh, Sweden, which is very exciting for the sport, I think, um, even though ours might be a bit bigger on the track but i think there's a good following in europe there's a good following i know the swedes and the norwegians love this they've got so many swedish interest in the races here uh the french start to really like it they're so impressed by uh, muscle hill by the stallions that you got you guys got over here and by um well how early uh speed the horses have how the two-year-olds can do like 50 miles which our horses can't but they can go longer but they can't they're not this speedy all right, now you've seen the first uh, two heats of the Hamiltonian. A little bit of drama in the second one, as we saw a couple of horses hook wheels. Who's your pick in the Hamiltonian? I think I really fancy Crystal Fashion because uh, Tim was really patient, and uh, I don't think he had a too tough race. I, Atlanta was tremendous, but doing that twice, twice in the same day is really too tough. Um, we don't really know how far Tactical Landing can go, do we? No, not, not very much. Uh, one more question for you. Well, you know, racing different distances here in the States is something that we don't do a whole lot of. Um, it's something I think that's being thought about as time goes on. What are some of the distances that you have going on in France? What's like the longest distance that you guys race? Uh, the longest distance is uh, 4,500 meters. That's two miles and, and a half. Yeah. Well, there are like three of those races, but usually we... Our classic distance would be 2,700 meters, which is a uh, mile and three quarters. Yeah. Yeah. Mile yeah. Um, we do have 1,600, but there are not a lot of them. There are some young horses racing tomorrow uh, in Anguin in Paris, uh, which are racing on a mile. Uh, it's something they're not used to, so it's quite exciting. And it's a whole different thing for the drivers, too. Uh, 
even driving here is very different. I've got one more question for you. Obviously, here in the States, you know, um, with a lot of increased competition from casino gaming and a lot of different things, you know, harness racing isn't as popular as it was maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago. What are some of the things that you guys do in France to try to bring crowds to the, to the sport? Um, I guess like on a normal day, it's like, yeah, you won't have a crowd there. On the big days, you do. Uh, and it's quite impressive. Our crowd is aging a lot. It's getting difficult to attract young people. We try to have um, a lot of other stuff going on, like you have here on the big days, concerts, uh, some kind of celebrities coming, and, um, well, music and things like that. And they, they've, we weren't the best at, like, um, putting a bit of um, theater in, in the races, like music and uh, suspense, but it, that's something that's progressing a lot. Uh, they're trying to be more and more present on TV. We were at one point, and they lost a lot of big contracts with the big TV channels. But uh, we have Ekidia, where the two of us work, that is only harness racing and tarbred racing, whole day, every day. Um, but it's a channel you have to pay for, obviously. So it's important for us to be on mainstream TV and also to attract uh, a lot of people to our channel and to the races, because I think you have to go to the races in order to want to sit down at your home and watch races. All right. Well, listen, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day. I know you guys are working hard over there. Will we see you guys at Yonkers tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. With the French uh, horses that they brought over, it's looking very excited. I'm actually surprised. I didn't think it would go this well, but it's been very exciting for everyone. The uh, guys that came over, Ron Burke, Ray Schnitker, Michael Lachance, uh chose good horses they really knew what they were looking for so it was super interesting to talk with them while they were over here and it's fun to see that things work out this well all right Kristen. well thanks so much again and uh listen keep up the good work over there thanks so much thanks mike have a good one all right listen some good some good information uh mike from the from the french broadcast team about some of the problems that they have over there and it's interesting we don't want to harp bad on this but um Hold on here, Jessica. Uh, we don't harp too big on horse racing's problem because there's plenty of places that air that. But she, but she said one thing that got to me: the problem they have here is the same problem they have there, attracting the young group. Yeah, it certainly is, and it's competition. You know, it's just competition, Mike. I mean, you know, if you go back 20, 30, 40 years, if you wanted to place a bet, you either had to go to Las Vegas or Atlantic City, or you had to go to a, a horse racing venue, and Horse racing venues were quite, you know, more prevalent than casinos were. That's not the case anymore. All right. Race number 12 is up next. Uh, Jessica's chasing down Scott Zeron down in the back paddock, uh, obviously, after winning race number 11. Uh, he's kind of hustling it up a little bit. He's had a good day. He's had a very good he's day. Good he could day. have an even better day if he wins the $1 million Hamiltonian, which the program page is laying on the table somewhere. I was That's what I was handing to you was the program page for the $1 million Hamiltonian. We'll get to that. Garnett was using it as scratch paper. Yeah, scratch paper. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Race number 12, though. Plunge blue chip at 4 to 1, 9 to 5 of the 4. Menchego, 6 to 5. Current favoritism on the 5. Fatosif. I'm not too surprised by that. You know, I have to say this. I, lo- I love <laughs> when you Listen, when you start a sentence like that, I get a little worried. Uh, no, I, I love Fatosif. I really, really do. But you know what? I'll tell you this. At 8 to 1, 7 live, laugh, love. Race is kind of like Fayetosif. I mean, if you look at her lines, and I've seen her race, 
She shows going to the lead, but I'll tell you what, she has got a very good Wicked League pick. Yes, she does. And, you know, in a race like this where, you know, horses like Featosif can sometimes be, sometimes be forced to be driven too aggressively early on, okay, to try to assure position, they don't come home well, as good as they normally do. And seven, live, laugh, love. You've got big money Dave Miller in the bike. I think she's got very similar ability to Featosif. And I'll tell you what, at 9-1, to one, I'm willing to ride on her coattails. All right, let's take a look at the field here. Number one, Plunge Blue Chip uh, is trained and driven by Oki Sponstead. That big 149-4 and four mile two starts back in the uh, Delvin Miller Memorial on Meadowlands Pace Night. Race kind of good in the uh, elimination, but was stretched out to a, uh, some pretty impressive fractions. I think Plunge Blue Chip gets a better trip here tonight. Today, excuse me. Fastest three-year-old Philly Trotter of all time. Two, what a knockout. On by our horse sense stables, Dale Valenti Farms. Marcus Milander trains. Brian Sears is in the bike. Fourth place finish in the Hamiltonian Oaks last time. She's only made $57,000 in 16 starts. Let's be honest, she's a, she's a long shot here. Three, Seviorum uh, is owned by the Stroy Incorporated Millstone Andy Miller Stable. Julie Miller trains. Andy Miller is in the uh, sulky. And... Uh, uh, Seviorum, we're trying. We're so listen. We're lining up interviews as people are walking by. A lot of the three uh, Seviorum is going to have a little bit of a tough go of things here. Forty-six to one. I'm not banking uh, any bets on this one. Orsman Chago owned by Black Horse Racing. John Fielding, Herb Liverman, Yannick Shingros driving for Jimmy Tactor. Big win in the Hamiltonian Oaks last time. Obviously, fifty-one and one. Uh, any kind of share here is going to make her Harness Racing's newest millionaire. Uh, she's sixteen of eighteen. Her records kind of speak for herself. And right now, she is 2-1 to one on the board. She is trying to give Jimmy Tactor his fifth straight Hamiltonian Oaks. Number five is Featosev, owned by Purple Lane Stables, trained by the driver Tron Smedsammer. She has looked visually as impressive as any trotter, male or female, going, in my opinion. She is push-button in the lane. She closed home three of her last four starts at sub-27. Yes, we're talking about a three-year-old Philly trotter, folks. Featosev right now, 7-5. to five. On the board. Number six, Hey Blondie. She's going to be a long shot for Hall of Fame trainer Chuck Sylvester. Owned by Jones, Kinsey, Arnold, Bordonia, and Dave McDuffie. Andy McCarthy is in the bike trying to spring the upset. A win of the Tompkins. Two starts back. A third place finish against Manchego in the Hamiltonian Oaks. $125,000 purchase from Harrisburg. Seven, Live, Laugh, Love. Owned by Melvin Hartman, Dave McDuffie, and Diamond Creek Racing. Nifty Norman trains Dave Miller in the bike. I like this horse quite a bit. A good second-place finish last time to Featosev. She can race from off the trot. Don't let her fool you. Her lines her lines show speed, but don't let her fool you. She can also come from behind. Mike, uh, we're talking about number eight. All right, number eight is Lily Stride, 50-1 uh, to one currently. Not very speed-favoring here, Mike. I'm not a too big of a fan of the eight Lily Stride. Uh, nine Blonde Magic, uh, oh, excuse me, trained and driven by Tom Durand. Only driving this horse because uh, June, yep. Dur- this was June Duran's wish that Tom Durand would drive number nine, Blonde Magic. And the 10, Nick Stevolo, is trained by John Boot and Shane. Corey Callahan is in the sulky, currently $99 million to one in the uh, race number 12. We're talking about the Hamiltonian Oaks, but we're sitting down with a man who I didn't know was related to anybody in harness racing until I met him at a farm the other day. And uh, I guess you're, you're, you're related to Mark Weaver and uh, those guys out there. So, uh, Dave Weaver uh, joining us from TVG. How's it going, man? I'm not related to Bershemi. I'm related to <laughs> Weaver. So, when you see Weaver Bershemi, that's my brother, Mark. Yep. Okay, yeah. Well, listen, I got to tell you, I, I, I was live to the pick four in the Sam McKee Memorial and didn't use the six. I was second and third. I thought all bets off was going to be the horse there. But 
that's all right. We're gonna we'll, we'll we'll turn the page and go to the uh, to the next race. But the thirteenth race, this race sets up a lot differently now that uh, Six Pack and Wolfgang are both out. And a horse, I think we talked about it a little bit. Is a horse I liked was Crystal Fashion, and now Crystal Fashion instead of being a bomber is probably going to be one of the favorites. And I like Tatsu Landing, too, of the, of the Tactor Horses. It just seemed like he was the one that had the most right to improve there and did. But Crystal Fashion was huge late as well. I actually caught up with Timmy a little bit earlier. He said he only really drove him for about a quarter of a mile. So that's a good thing. Atlanta on the other side was really driven hard early on. But it, it seems like she can kind of recover quickly. A lot of people maybe think that she just went too fast and is toast. I mean, at four to one on the morning line, I think she's got a big chance to bounce back. Question here is, uh, let's see, because we haven't, I didn't even look at this yet. Who did Dave, or who did Dave Weaver, who did Dave Brower make the favorite? Crystal, Crystal Fashion. Fashion. So, you know, that's, it, it, it's tough in a race like this where you thought that you were going to get a value on a horse. Do you still kind of play to that or do you kind of, you know, maybe back off and try to find value somewhere else? I think you do have to find value. You know, Classic Cap had everything going for him. Tron said the source looked to be ready to go, and when he popped the plugs, was just absolutely empty. But he was going pretty strong for three-quarters of a mile. He's an interesting horse maybe to, to sneak somewhere underneath. Hattrick Habit was one of my long shots to begin the day. He got in for Scott Domenico. He's one that I would consider to throw in into the Superfecta as well. All right, we're looking at the 13th race. Who's your pick in the Hamiltonian? I'm going with Tatsuka Landing. I, I, I liked him before the elimination. I thought he did everything right there. Jimmy just took him off the gate pretty far back. I think he's now really going to have him cranked up here for the final. So I'll go to the Tatsuka Landing. Drew a pretty nice post, post two. All right, Dave. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you taking a couple of minutes out of your uh, busy day. And uh, listen, good luck on the rest of the card. Enjoy the show. Thanks, guys. All right, we're going to toss it back to Jess Scott, and she's standing by with driver Scott Zeron. Thanks, Mike. I'm standing by with driver Scott Zeron. First, let's talk about Marion Marder. What an amazing mile you had there. Yeah, it's uh, funny when he comes to this place, and on, on special days like this, he just absorbs that atmosphere, and he goes out, and you know, he never disappoints, it seems like. All right, next, let's talk about Western Joe. You kind of got shuffled a little bit in the mile, turning for home. You kind of shook loose a little bit. Tell us about the trip he had there. It actually worked out great. I mean, uh, he's the type of horse to just position and uh, just hope things work out from there. And, and things have in the past with that horse. And he seems to run out down the stretch. And I was able to just let him go out four or five wide. And it just felt like the second I moved him, even though people might not have known, I knew he was going to win. He had so much pace. Now let's talk about Atlanta. Thoughts on her going into the final? Do you have kind of a little bit of a strategy or anything going into that? I don't. I want to go look at the proof right now and look to see what, how the other horses are, are positioned in the race. She's very versatile. She could do anything. I'm going to try to not go 53-121 with her. And uh, I think if she's a champion, she'll bounce back. And, you know, it's a lot to ask out of a filly that I just uh, I just hit the bottom of the tank there. And i got to say, go do it again. So hopefully I can trip her out and it'll work out in the end. All right. Well, good luck and thank you for your time. Thank you. Back to you, Mike. All right, thank you very much, Jessica Otten. And we're just, gosh, just about one minute away from the Hamiltonian Oaks final for three-year-old Philly Trotters. And once again, a look at the odds board, three to two right now on number five, Fayetosim, six to five on four Manchego, seven to two on number one, Plunge Blue Chip. This is going to be obviously a very, very interesting event. The countdown clock is under 20 seconds. And it is post time for the $500,000 
Hambletonian Oaks final, the premier race for three-year-old Philly Trotters. A field of 10, and they are lined up behind the Mola Fountain starting vehicle as the countdown clock has expired. A field of 10, all set, and here they come. There, off and trotting in the Hamiltonian Oaks. On the outside, Live, Laugh, Love shows speed. Fantosib's in between horses on the early scene. Manchego goes through between as well towards the inside. Plunge Blue Chip, they race around the first turn, and it's Manchego and Plunge Blue Chip, the two that kick forward with Manchego going a bit better now. Manchego has taken the lead and opens up by a couple of lengths. Plunge Blue Chip settles down into the early pocket, second by three. Fayetos have found the three-hole. is about four lengths off the early lead, 27-2 for the opening quarter. They start their journey up the back stretch. They're single file. What a knockout race is fourth. Savyorm is in behind her, fifth, about six lengths off the lead. Followed sixth by Hey Blondie. Live, Laugh, Love, who initially left, settled back into seventh, a length clear of Lily Stride. Then it's Blonde Magic and Nixie Volo trails the field. About 12 lengths front from back. Outer flow starts to develop as Hey Blondie pulls out of sixth, and the lead belongs to Manchego. Her advantage is one. Blunge Blue Chip is second. Fayetosib is right there, third. Hey Blondie continues steady first over progress, fourth. What a knockout is pinned to the inside, fifth, and Fayetosib has been flushed out of third. And Aki takes Plunge Blue Chip out of the pocket, up to take on Manchego, past the 55 and four half. Midway around the final turn. Manchego on the inside. Plunge Blue Chip is pressing the issue. Fayetosib finds cover third. What a knockout. Has room at the end to save ground, but she is fading. Hey, Blondie takes up third over position. Liv Lavluff is tipped out wide, but she's got a lot of work to do. Eight lengths worth as they straighten away. Three quarters, 123 and two. Manchego digs down. Plunge Blue Chip's a length behind now. Outside, Fayetosib is third. Still three lengths to come. Then stretch, Fayetosib. Jingra trying to keep her mind on matters. Fayetosib is kicking on now, but is it too late in the Oaks? Manchego, time's running out on Fayetosib. Time is out. Manchego wins. And a big thumbs up from Yannick Jingra as they cross the line. Fayetosib finished second. Plunge Blue Chip was third. 150 flat for Manchego. Now, that was a very, very good call, my friend. Excellent call. I loved it. And what a race. Oh, that was a great race. You know, wh- how about the drama of Oki Swanstadt pulling pocket as they come to three quarters? I think that's what made the race fun right there. That is what made the race fun. And I think. You know what? I think that's what gave Fatosov actually a chance because mm-hmm. I don't think if she, I think if she came first up, she probably would have ended up stalled a little bit. That made the race very exciting. Uh, Aki, Aki doesn't, uh, he doesn't subscribe to any specific uh, text, any book. He, he don't mind, you know, making moves. He cert- no, he does not. Absolutely. He, he is not textbook. That is certainly, we're talking about Aki Swanstead not being textbook, pulling pocket with plunge blue chip going towards three quarters. But you know what? With the mile she trotted two weeks ago, why not? Exactly. I mean, if you thought she was feeling good, that would that's a, pretty much the same trip. Like she pulled first up from third, uh, you know, just around just past the three quarters that night and got up. So I mean, why not take your shot? Listen, Garnett. One question. Number one, did I turn that camera off? Make sure the the viewfinder's off. Looks yes, black, right? You did. Number two, how about the? Listen, I'm not trying to be funny here. How about this guy over here, the French guy calling the race? I'll tell you, I could hear him all the way over there, and the amount of excitement you could tell that the French yeah. overseas love this sport of hardest racing right. for sure, Absolutely. without a doubt. All right, number four, Manchego, putting the Phillies on notice. That 20, she, 26 and three last quarter. 26 and three final quarter, 150 flat. Boyce, 
how fast does a Hamiltonian go? That's the next question. I think you're going to see a potential for a 149 and four, 149 and three kind of mile. I think it's very possible, especially, um, you know, it depends how many horses leave. And I just want to get back to the interviews with uh, Scott Zeron just, be- just before the last race. Um, I don't know if there's a little bit of cat and mouse going on here, but he's talking about uh, tripping out Atlanta. I don't think there's any tripping out of Atlanta coming. I think, uh, you know, if you watch the eliminations, there's even less uh, early speed signed on to the final than there was in the elimination. So why would Atlanta be looking to trip out now? I think you, I think you want to make the front and try and uh, make your own trip by taking a bit of a breather this time, but I don't think she's tripping out at all. I think she's going to the front. Garnett is somebody that puts quite a bit through the windows you obviously watch and have seen a lot of driver and trainer interviews during the course of your day, both before and after the race. Has any one of those interviews ever affected your, your wagering seriously? No, uh, I almost never. Um, unless they can tell me something about a, an equipment change coming up, possibly. Um, you know, there was a case where uh, uh, Michael's power, I think in between the jug uh, elimination or uh, the final heat, they put his feet in the, uh, some ice water and stuff like that. If you hear things about like that, that might improve a horse's uh, performance, maybe, but uh, rarely, I would say rarely. All right. So Manchego is headed to the winner's circle. Jimmy Tactor. What is this about 13,000 straight Hamiltonian Oaks? Uh, you know, we read, listen, we read the DRF article. Everybody's read the DRF article about right. him. This could be perhaps his last Hamiltonian, <clears throat> his last Hamiltonian Oaks, you know, cutting back and, you know, this is something that he has been saying for quite a few years. As a matter of fact, a couple of years ago, his health was was not very good. Right. And he actually did cut back for just like what appeared to be a second, and then he was right back. Do you think Jimmy? Do you think Jimmy Thacker moves on? Do you think he go? Do you think he goes on? Or do you think that he's going to have second thoughts and and he's going to stay in the game like he is now, or does he just cut back a little? It's hard to say. I mean, what what happens if he brings uh, Lazarus out, Lazarus out and uh, paces a forty five and change mile at the Red Mile and uh, and that horse is scheduled to come back for another year. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I don't know how you could uh, how a guy could go out like this. He's winning everything here today. Yeah. Him, him, and his brother, and and Jingra, all the usual suspects. So, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it depends. I guess it all depends on his own outlook. I, I don't think I could, we could even guess at that. But for me, it would be, tell you, it'd be a little bit oh, tough. How you doing, buddy? How you doing? All right, four forty. The winning mutual two forty two ten second. Number five, Fayetteus of 240-210. Plunge Blue Chip finished third, 240-8.20. The winning exact of the trifecta returns $15.80. I don't think there's any surprises there in the wagering of it as far as no. the, the payoffs. And, mm-hmm. and this, this race kind of was according to Hoyle. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, anybody that better try would have had the, those three horses in some order. Uh, I bet a super I didn't have Hey Blondie in the fourth slot. I had the two, seven, and eight. So I didn't. Uh, I actually didn't get anything there. All right. Well, up next is the Hamiltonian, and it is the 93rd edition Exacta Trifecta. What other wagering options we got? Ten cent supers, fifty cent late pick four. Have you had a chance to kind of look at this late pick four? I have not. I have, uh, it starts here. We've got a fifty cent late pick four starting. I haven't had a chance to look at it. I'm uh, too busy trying to do a couple things at the same time here, but. That doesn't mean I won't have a look at it in the next few minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, when you get to look, we'll, get, we'll give you a few minutes to look at it. When yeah. you do, don't keep us in the dark, will you? Let us okay. know what you think. Absolutely. All right. So there is the blanket presentation right now in the Hamiltonian, or in the winner's circle, the Hamiltonian Oaks winner, Manchego. She showed up for the big dance, owned by Black Horse Racing, John Fielding, Herb Liverman, Brittany Farms. Of course, uh, Art Zubrod, I mean, a, a great, great story. 
there is uh, he gets the Hamiltonian Oaks Trophy. Fayette just kicked in a little bit too late. She finished second. Lunge Blue Chip was third. Hey Blondie finished fourth. Four five one six in the Hamiltonian Oaks. The Hamiltonian is coming up next, and it's going to be quite a few minutes to post, so we will have a lot of time to kind of take a look at that. All right, let's see where we're at here. I'm at the controls, so anything could happen. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll have more on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winback farm.com Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. The Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey is proud to present the National Standard Bread Horse Show. Coming up on August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. It's fun for the whole family. The fun starts on Friday, August 10th at 6.30 with games and fun divisions featuring the Sam McKee Memorial Barrel Race. Then on Saturday, August 11th, it's Western In-Hand Showmanship, Driving, Roadster, and Gated Divisions. And on Sunday, August 12th, Dressage, English Equitation, Jumping, Hunters Fresh Off the Track, Warhorse, and the Pacing for the Cure 2 Gated Pleasure Class. This year's show is in memory of the late, great Sam McKee. For more information, visit us at sphonj.org. That's sphonj.org. It's the National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. Be there! Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. Twelve championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick gonna coast home. 
Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there, foiled again, dead game, clear vision laid on the outside, Pit Rock on the inside, photo finish, foiled again, and Pit Rock together, run 49 and 2. All right, we're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. The Hamiltonian Oaks is in the books. Classic, or rather, uh, Manchego takes care of business. The Dime Super, as expected, not much, uh, considering what uh, finished. 4516, it returns $4.39. You have 4516, your Exacta returns 820. Your Trifecta, $15.80, $58.60. And then that's the Survivor? That pick, it, they call it a pick. They call it a pick eight. Well, or, okay. Well, yeah. It, it paid uh, eighteen thousand. Do, do you play that at all? I have. I don't play it rarely, but maybe I should be playing it. Eighteen thousand four hundred twenty-two dollars and ninety cents. You only need six of them. Look, five, eight, three, six, seven, twelve. And you only needed six. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. Hamiltonian time. It's time. Uh, probably in about. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, probably in about fifteen, twenty minutes. Six. I got to guess that because they go off the air on CBS at 5.30, and I've thrown post times before, as you know, so my guess is that the race is going to go off somewhere in the ballpark of 5.20, maybe? 5.15, 5.20? Now, now, what do you – now, okay, now, for those people that don't know, you're double-dipping. You are – you're doing – Triple-dipping. Triple-dipping, yeah. You're, you're taking care of social media. You're doing harness racing fan zone stuff. Obviously, you're doing broadcasting your post time with Mike and Mike. What what's the game plan for you for the Hamiltonian here? Um, shooting? Or are you going to go downstairs? No, I'm I'm shooting from up here. We're going to just continue to. That's the one great thing about the USTA. They've allowed me to continue to do the show, and so we learned on Meadowlands Pace Night how good that camera was. And so what I'm doing is I'm shooting the panoramic cam like you would see at a racetrack, um, while Rich is shooting the stretch drive. So we don't have to wait for the Meadowlands speed. We can just kind of you know use our own stuff now. Where and then what you guys do is like after today or tomorrow, whenever you guys will edit, you'll put this stuff down kind of, and then it'll appear in uh, promotional videos released like throughout the week and the upcoming weeks via fan zone. It'll be out tonight. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, this Hamiltonian video will be out tonight. Go back to the hotel and work for a little while and, uh, you know, do our thing. So, once again, does this mean you're getting out of buying dinner? I am getting out of buying there. Unbelievable. I lost that on a $1,400 pick four. I ain't buying nobody nothing. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> hey, Bernard said he was buying lobster, though. Check the Gabe. Yeah. Check the Gabe. Hashtag check the Gabe. Check the Gabe. That's the, that's the most popular hashtag. That's what's trending. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Well, we're coming up on Hamiltonian. It, is, uh, it was a very interesting sequence of eliminations, uh, including the second one. And we've And uh, what we do have is Atlanta. Chris Fashion beat Atlanta narrowly in the elimination. And here's the big thing, Mike. Atlanta went out, set some forward fractions, but was tearing obviously tired in the end. You're asking if he to go to the second heat. He is getting bet here 2-1. to one. That, in my opinion, just from a visual point of view, that's a red flag to me. 
Yeah, I can agree with that. And I think Garnett can agree with me with what I'm about to say. The bet right now, if the race was to go off right now, the bet is tactical landing. Four to one is a bad race on tactical landing. Who, like Gabe said earlier, if you're wagering purposes wise. I uh, absolutely don't agree at all. Okay. I honestly, I I didn't like the Philly much, but she, the Philly blew my mind in the elimination. I think she was without a doubt the most impressive horse, win, lose, or draw. I'm not buying this. We're going to trip her out nonsense at all that they're saying. I think what they're going to do is go to the front. She's the only speed left. Who's going to push this horse early that's left in this field? Nobody. So my th- my thing is, I think she's going to get a 55 half, and I don't think she at two to one. I'm I'm prepared to go bet every cent I have in my pocket on this filly right now. That's yeah, that's that's some strong words. And listen, two to one's not not a bad deal. Listen, we we said earlier that she's gonna you know she may be value, she may not be. I think everybody saw what we saw earlier and how good she was, and I, I think we all can agree that uh, she was fantastic. In uh, in her elimination, I just I just think she needs a little bit of a breather, and uh, they know that now. And I honestly I don't. G, G, hold on. I think she's a. Listen, if you watched our videos from the USTA this week, and Mike, I know you did. Ernie Hendry from Atlanta said she comes back. Bit in minutes. I think the winner comes from the first elimination. I wasn't impressed by anybody in that bumper car thing. The second one. Not even the winner. Um, I think it's either the Philly or Crystal Fashion chases her down again somehow. I might, I might box those two and, and put a bet on the Philly. But I, I don't like, I don't really like anything from that second elimination. Maybe alarm detector. What price is he? What number is he? He's four and he's four to one, and that's a little too low for me. It's too low for me, but I can see him. I can definitely see him winning the race. Yeah, and obviously the situation we probably should check the exact payoffs too. Right. A lot of times the exact the payoffs don't actually reflect the odds. Right. All the money goes in the win pool at the end. We do have another winner for a Harris Philadelphia program. Not only not any Harris Philadelphia program, but the one that foiled again got his 100th win and it's autographed by Yannick Shingra. And we've got another winner. And once again, if your name is called, message us. Do whatever you got to do to get a hold of us. Get us online. Post time with Mike and Mike on our website. Uh, you can message us on Twitter or Facebook. And you got to do so by the time that we go off the air. And the winner is Chrissy Reichenberger. Chrissy Reichenberger is the winner. So once again, make sure that you to collect what is going to be a collector's item. All right. We are going to take one quick final timeout before the handle. This is the last break we're going to take. All right. Well, uh, I guess we're not going to take a commercial break. Uh, we got off the air there for just a second. Let's take a look at the field for race number 13. It is the 93rd Hamiltonian final, $1 million on the line. And number one is Classy Chap. Classy Chap was fifth in the uh, highly uh, contested uh, finish of the second elimination um, in race number nine. Had the lead, though. I think Trond had the right idea. Classy Chap could potentially uh, strike here, but 46-1, to I'm not really sure if that's the way to go. 
Number two is tactical landing. Uh, tactical landing. I don't know. I thought this horse was a little bit opportunistic. You know, I think this horse took advantage of some tiring horses and some trouble to get the job done. Moves inside to post two. The question is, is did he put it all together? He is the second highest horse to ever be purchased at a sale, $800,000, and it's time to live up to that hype tonight. The $100,000 Harrisburg purchase, number three, Crystal Fashion. This was my selection before Wolfgang and before Six Pack both got knocked out. Unfortunately, you're not going to get the value here that I thought you were going to get on Crystal Fashion. Raced extremely well, came flying from off the pace to just nail Atlanta on the wire. Crystal Fashion's got a big chance here, currently at 2-1. to one. How about number four, Alarm Detector? We uh, just talked about it with Garnett getting a lot of play here at 5-1 to one for owners Tom and Elizabeth Franken and the trainer Benoit Bayarjon, Trevor Henry. They're both looking for their first Hamiltonian crowd. This horse made a lot, a lot of ground. This was the subject of inquiry. Closed well to be fourth. You just have to wonder if clear sailing could get the job done for Alarm Detector, who has injury problems and is coming back and looks to be peaking right now. Five Fan Wood Chopper is another gym school trainee. Dave Miller gets the drive here, was third in the elimination, only missed by a length in three quarters, and raced extremely well at 50 to 1. Number six is Hatcherick Cabot, $65,000 Lexington Select purchase, owned by John McGill and Brian Carsey, trained by Scott Domenico, Brian Sears, the driver. And Scott Domenico is looking for his first Hamiltonian. Uh, took advantage of some uh, tiring horses last time to get into it. Although from behind is not his game. His game is to be on or near the lead. We'll see if it's more aggressively handled here in the big dance. Number seven is the big Philly Atlanta. And I think the three of us sitting here at the table right now can all agree that this was the most impressive horse out of the two eliminations. Atlanta put on a show with some extremely fast fractions. Went to three quarters in 121 and one. I think Atlanta's got a big chance here. Trainer Rick Zeron is looking. This is his first Hamiltonian entrant. He's a very emotional guy. He said in the quote that there's not enough clicks in the world because he's going to be balling if Atlanta gets well, it done. You heard Ernie Hendry. He said you're going to have to pick me up off the floor if I win this I don't. I've known Ernie Hendry for a long time. He used to warm up horses at Hazel Park and uh, used to race at Windsor. And uh, the question is, is what does she have left? And I hate to tell you, but it looked like, at least to me, that she didn't have much left in the tank. What happens just a, two short hours later? Number eight, Mets Hall, is another interesting play. Ray Catolo likes number eight, Mets Hall, who actually raced pretty well. But the one thing that I did not like about Mets Hall is he didn't pass any horses. He was third throughout, did not pass any horses. I'm wondering, was Andy seeing something for the final, or was he just trying to, you know, just trying to put her along? This was a whole, we did a story on Mets Hall. This would give uh, Breeder Winback Farm their third Hamiltonian win. And this would give Julian Andy Miller their first. They have been very close the last couple of years with Devious Man and Sutton. It was an even effort last time. This horse could be the freshest, though. The Millers were very, very light on this horse with some sauce issues. He lightly races the three-year-old. They pointed him for the Hamiltonian. Will that decision pay off at 22-1? to 1? Number nine is Evaluate, driven by Oran Kilstrom and Marcus Millander trains. And uh, I wasn't too impressed with how Evaluate participated in the uh, Hamiltonian elimination, I'm going to go elsewhere. Saved ground a little bit towards the end there, and uh, now post nine, a big long shot, certainly. Number 10 is Patton Leather. This horse closed well from the inside against Tactical Landing last time, passed some time horses. One of three horses for trainer Jim Campbell. Jim Campbell uh, got all three of his horses in the final. Yannick Shingra is driving, and we'll see what kind of trip Patton Leather can work out from out here. I don't think talent's the question, but I certainly think the trip and the post are big concerns. Big long shot here, 33-1. to 1. 
That is the field for the 2018 93rd edition of the Hambletonian. And, Mike, let's take a look as they're on the racetrack warming up right now. Number 10, patent leather. As we look at the one classy chap, classy chap looks good. But here comes the Philly Atlanta down in front of us. She's very businesslike right now. I mean, Here's you, her up. you just don't know what she's got left. I mean, she, she put on a show the first three quarters of a mile, but she was really tired towards the end. I mean, it seems like the odds are stacked against her, but she's played. She's two to one. Yeah, she's what, got, what can Scott do to conserve energy, and who's going to take a shot at her on the lead? Here's Orin Kilstrom on the nine evaluation. Evaluate looks good. Looks very plucky on the racetrack. The high trotting gate, ears are straight up in the air. I'm not sure what happened in that first elimination, Mike. Uh, didn't pass too many horses. Only made up about a length in the stretch. Oran Kilstrom is a Hall of Famer overseas. Uh, you know, very, very good driver. Once again, the punch is really going to hurt. Like you said, looks a little choppy on the racetrack. A big long shot, no doubt. All right. We're looking at number six, Hat Trick Habit on the uh, television screen. Hat Trick Habit. Mike is warming up uh, pretty well. I'm, I'm interested to see what he looks like. Here he comes on around the first turn here, and uh, they've got him geared up. Well, Hatrick Abbott's game is speed. He, did not, he was not used last time early on, and he was barely able to get into the final, but that was the Atlanta Speed Show. I think Hatrick Abbott's going to be one that's going to press the issue. Trainer Scott Domenico wants his first Stambletonia. Number four, alarm detector looks very good on the racetrack right now. And I'll tell you what, Trevor Henry, how big would this be for him, his first Hamiltonian win for trainer Benoit Belanger? You know, Trevor Henry, as I was talking to Garnett about, Mike, has been long, long considered as king of the B-tracks in Ontario. I think that he would shed that shed that. Uh, Mystique, if he wins it here for trainer Benoit Bayer-Jean, I thought it was a visually impressive effort, made a break at the start, looked like it cost him all chance. He roared back to finish fourth, and he's getting a lot of play on the board. He is getting a lot of play. I'm really kind of surprised at 5-1. to one. I halfway expected him to be closer to the 12-1 to one morning line that uh, Dave Brower. And it, the morning line is a thankless job. Let's just be honest here. Morning line is a very thankless job. And, you know, I, I just I, I really think that Alarm Detector's got a chance here. But, Mike, I'm going to stick with uh, – who I like, and that's Crystal Fashion, I believe. I think Crystal Fashion is the play here. Nine to five is definitely not what I thought uh, we would have gotten Crystal Fashion because of the way everything else played out. If Six Pack is in this field or Wolfgang is in this field, then I think, you know, maybe I get the value back that I so desperately wanted from the first race. But it uh, looks like I missed my chance again. This would be the first Hamiltonian winner for Cantab Hall. And as great of a sire as Cantab Hall is, that's kind of tough to believe, but it would be the first Hamiltonian winner for Sire Cantab Hall. You know, what a great year for Joel Siegel. I mean, he was just inducted into the Hall of Fame. We had Jim Campbell on this show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, very upfront, very, very good interview. Yep. Talked very highly about Crystal Fashion. Says he continues to get better and better. You know, $100,000 purchase I thought was the most visually impressive next to Atlanta. You know, you might want to just box them to it and exact again. I'm sure that wouldn't be a bad thing. $573,000 in the bank. I think Crystal Fashion's got a huge chance. Nine to five, I think he deserves that favoritism. Oh, for sure. For, for, definitely for sure. Uh, Garnett, you, uh, you took off from the table for a little bit. Uh, who is your play I in the Hamiltonian? The, I went to bet the Philly. I think I'm going to get this two to one, five to two price. I'm not buying it that they're looking to trip her out. They may float her out and then make a move on the backside, but I think she's going to be in the lead most of the way. And, uh, you know, if just a little bit of a breather would have been all she needed to win that first elimination or. Or who knows? Maybe she carves the same fractions as it keeps going this time. But 
I think uh, she's the one to beat, and she, you're getting seven bucks. I'll take it. All right, guys. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, what a field, guys. What a field this is. This could be one of the best Tabletonians ever, and it could be taken down by the Philly Atlanta. If we look at the horses in double digits, extreme double digits, Classic Trap 65 to 1, Fashion Woodchopper 40 to 1, Hatcher Cabot 41 to 1, D- in the outside three, do you see anybody in extreme double digits that maybe we could play just from a gambling point of view here, Mike? Not really. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's really tough to tell that. I, I would be playing Alarm Detector. I think Garnett would agree with me here. I'd be playing Alarm Detector if we got a better price on, the, on him. Yeah, 6-1. to one. I mean, I, it was impressive, the effort, I thought, because he broke and came back. But you know what? There were, there were a lot of tired horses in that race. Right. You had the incident. I don't know. I mean, I, Alarm Detector may have been a beneficiary, too, of a lot of that. But, you know, on the other side of the token, he is getting bet, and he does look very good on the racetrack. I completely agree with that statement. Yeah. You know, so, so Garnett, before they go to the gate, I just realized I never hit the submit button on my pick four on my computer. Oh, man. I, if you imagine if all bets off kept going. Oh, my God. That I computer would be in the infield. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the superfecta here. We're gonna play two, two three six seven with two three six seven two three six seven with all. Oh, excuse me. I'm gonna put alarm detector somewhere in there. I just realized that I missed him. But uh, they're going to the gate, Mike. Uh, go put the call. All right. Thank you very much, guys. It's 15 seconds remaining in Hamiltonian 93. Start of a 50 cent late pick four. This is it. The big dance. And right now, nine to five, wagering attention on three crystal fashion, two to one on number two, tactical landing, the $800,000 Lexington Select purchase, two to one on the Philly seven, Atlanta. What does she have left after her tiring second place finish, albeit impressive, in the elimination? Here we go. Hamiltonian 93 from the Meadowlands racing. And entertainment. Here they come. They're off and trotting at Hamiltonian 93 and Mets Hall in Atlanta shows speed from the outside. In between rivals, Fashion Woodchopper is going to get a clear third as they round the turn. From the inside, Classic Chap moves through now to be fourth as they race on towards that opening quarter. And up on the outside, diving into fourth there was Evaluate. Back to fifth, this classic chap as they make their way to the quarter, but we're going back to the top where Atlanta is at it again. She's on a speed mission. She's up by three, 26 and two for the quarter, two-fifths of a second slower than her elimination as they start up the back stretch. It's Atlanta who leads it by two lengths. Fashion Woodchopper is the pocket sitter and starts to close the gap a bit now. Second, racing at the inside. Third is Metz Hall, and he's about three lengths off the lead. Towards the inside, Tactical Landing. Or make that evaluate. Stay to the inside, and here comes Tactical Landing. Building up first over. Crystal Fashion's getting a dreamy second over trip. Towed within an improving four lengths off the lead. Alarm Detectors third up into the flow. Classic Chap is shoveled to the inside. Moving up with excess cover. Hat Trick Habit as they race around the final turn. 
turn, and Patent Leather trails the field 55-2, and two, a 29 rating. This is two full seconds slower than her elimination. She's up by a length. Racing on the outside, Tactical Landing is grinding second. Fashion Wood Chopper sits a looser pocket. Crystal Fashion continues to melt cover, three and a half lengths off the lead. Metz Hall starts to look for racing room at the top of the stretch. Alarm Detector is three wide with cover as Crystal Fashion is given his cue. They straighten away for the stretch drive. Can Atlanta hold Crystal Fashion off this time? 122 and four for three quarters, and she might have plenty. She's up by four. Crystal Fashion's on the outside. Tactical Landing is gaining. Zeron imploring Atlanta inside the 16th. Crystal Fashion on the outside. Late move by Metz Hall to the finish. Atlanta, the Philly has done it. Metz Hall closes up for second. Tactical Landing finished third. Crystal Fashion was fourth. The Philly won it. Atlanta at a final time of 150 and four fifths. Holy. The Philly wins the Hambletonian. How good was Atlanta? She got exactly what she needed, Mike Bozich. Slowed it down. Look at this. Wow, All right. There it is. You got to take the picture of that and put it the on social Philly media. The Philly won it. Unbelievable. And, and I'll tell you what. That's why we love having Garnet on the program. Garnet puts his money where his mouth is. $200 to win on Atlanta. We hear you churn form two to one. You had to be ecstatic, Garnett, when you saw that the half came up a full two seconds slower than the one of the eliminations. <laughs> That's the trip out that they were talking about. Not tripping the horse out by taking back anywhere. They were going to be on the lead and get a slower crash. Unbelievable. Well, good connect, Garnett. Good connect. And look at the fist bump from Scott Ceron. What a day he's having, Mike. Listen, look at the, look at, look at the crowd of people. Look, stand, everybody, stand up. Look at the crowd of people getting ready to enter the winner's circle. This is going to be a celebration of a lifetime for these guys. Ernie Hendry was so high on this horse the other day. I'll tell you what, what an amazing accomplishment. And I'll tell you something else, Garnett, I'll tell you this too. She just put Manchego on notice because I'll tell you right now, Manchego's not here. It would have been really interesting to see what would have happened if those two would have freaking been together. you imagine if Manchego went in one of these eliminations? unbelievable they could have been one two at the wire here what an effort guys scott zeron was able to get that second that that second quarter when he got the 29 second quarter that was it 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 was lights out i mean crystal fashion raced the exact same race that he raced to the elimination (laughs) he looked good he he, he did he did he He did did. he hung a little bit late he hung a little bit late Mets hall andy miller gets close again for the third consecutive year 29 to 1 but finished second. Wow. Atlanta, the Philly shocked. And I'm going to tell you what, we're going to have to listen when she comes back in front of the grandstand. She's making her way now. I, I got to grab the video camera. I'm going to hand the microphone to Garnett here. But well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my microphone, hang it over the wall or try to anyway, because I really, Garnett, I'll turn this back over to you, buddy. I really want to get this crowd reaction. Unbelievable. What a, what a great moment for Rick Zeron. Great. You know, you know, Rick's already probably in tears. Rick's a Rick's a good guy. It's nice to see. You're going to see Scotty coming back. Where's Rick? That's who I'm looking for in the winner's circle. Rick's not out of the van yet, I don't think. We should get him to do a Zorro. Yeah, this is an unbelievable scene. Here comes Scott Zeron right now. and What a day he's had. With Marion Marauder, he, uh, won the Sam McKee Memorial with Western Joe. And all brilliant drives, all three of them. Not just uh, not just luck. He made his own luck in all three of those races. 
I was especially impressed with the Marion Marotta race. Yes. He, he forced the issue early and forced Handler Hanover into a position she didn't want to be in. Made her go three wide to take the lead at the on the you know around the back stretch, and uh, that played back into his hands in the, at the end. But uh, another sensational drive here. He backed it down. He got a 29 second quarter. Once he got that quarter, it was pretty much all done. Well, if you hear dead air here for the next couple of seconds, we we just really want to catch this crowd reaction. It's probably going to be tough because of the DJ up here, but we'll try to describe it to you the best we can is the blanket presentation is now being made to the Philly. And she is getting one heck of a round of applause and here comes the embrace. Here it comes, the embrace between Rick and Scott Zeron. Wow. They're walking there right to the van now. Holy moly. Scott Zeron has won this race. It's his second Hamiltonian. Of course, he won with Marion Marauder. And he won it today, two years later, with the Philly Atlanta. Owned by Crawford Farms, Holland Racing Stable, Howard Taylor, Bradley Grant. And everybody just, I mean, one of the good guys, I mean, both Rick and Scott Zeron, just great guys. We've had Scott on this show probably a million times. Rick, we just had on last week, tremendous, tremendous interview. Yeah, Rick and Scotty have always been very personable, you know, knowing from what I know of at home, people come up to talk to them, they always stop, and, you know, Scotty, when he raced up there before he left, but uh, Rick's always very personable, good guy, easy guys to root for, for real. You got 640 on the win, and you, you're happy with that mutual? I'm very happy because I'm now ahead for the day, and I would have been down several, well, let's say, more than the 200 that's on that ticket, probably about another two, so we're good. Hashtag check. Is it still hashtag check the game? Give me hashtag check to me now. <laughs> okay. Well, the day's not over yet. Look at Carter. He's already salivating, thinking about something to eat. Well, the Winter Circle festivities continue. Rick Zeron, Scott Zeron. This is this is going to be a celebration, Garnett, that's going to go well into the wee hours of the morning, I would I would, I would venture to, to say. And rightfully no doubt, so. No doubt. You know, the whole drama coming into this thing, how relieved do you think the judges are? They got a clean race out of the deal in the final here. Extremely. But, you know, I think, <laughs> that thing was official before Atlanta hit the wire. You know, from a handicapping point of view, though, and we discussed it, everything played into Atlanta's hands after the eliminations. I mean, there's no, there was, there was nobody really to hang her out for very long. And uh, I didn't really see anybody trying to, you know, maybe take over in the second quarter or whatever. That's why I loved her so much. I figured she's going to have the same clear lead, but going slower. And it's beautiful when a plan plays out exactly the way you hoped it would. Well, listen, we, we talked about it. Uh, you talked about it in the Breeders' Cup a few years ago when Zenyatta beat the boys. Girl power on display today. Absolutely. I tell you, she's put the boys on notice. Not only should Manchego watch out. Now, granted, she's obviously going to race through her three-year-old season. But if she continues to mature through her four-year-old season, not only does Manchego need to watch out, Ariana G needs to watch out, and Hanalore Hanover better watch her back. Not saying she's as good. We're not going to say that yet. Obviously, she's only three. But if she continues to mature into the racehorse that she is right now, I'll tell you what, she could put the rest of them on notice, too. 
Well, you know, and I'm going to admit, um, coming into the races today, I was a bit of a doubter, but uh, the elimination made me a believer. It's not always whether a horse wins or loses, but to me, like, that that was by far the most impressive race that was run in the elimination. And For sure. You've got to know they're not going 53 and 121 in the final. No. First, first of all, I don't think they're capable of it because they're a little bit tired. That played into her hands as well as... You know, really, there was there wasn't hardly any uh, early speed left in the thing. It was six pack out. That's a that's a massive. You know, if six pack drew in and he had a decent post. He's not going to let her have the lead for very sure. long. Yeah. So, you know, if six pack is in the race. I think it's a different, completely different race. The dynamics of the race definitely played into her hands, and I think six bucks was a great price. If I didn't, I wouldn't have got off my off my chair and emptied my pocket. Well, I got to tell you something here, boys and girls. What an amazing performance by Atlanta. And again, I think we can all agree. That, I mean, what an amazing filly she is. The one thing that everybody questioned coming into this final, or these two, these two races today, was, was she good enough? That was the question. Was she good enough? She hadn't really beaten anybody. She beat Plunge Blue Chip a couple of times, um, went that big 150 effort. But not only did she do it once today, she did it twice. What a, I mean, just what an impressive performance by this filly. And, you know, against the, you know, she had everything going against her. Of course, she's the filly against the boys. But we knew going into it that there was going to be some fast fractions. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> from a handicapping standpoint, and and then maybe even from a uh, a scribe standpoint, things that people write about and stuff like that. I think this thing about a Philly coming back, it, I think it's way overhyped. I think we just saw it. Um, what, are they that much weaker than males that they they can't come back and and race well? In, in the, they're they're both coming back in the same amount of time. You know what I mean? I think a lot of that stuff's overhyped, and I think we just saw it here. I mean, this is a sensational performance, never really in doubt. I was just going to ask you guys, what do you think about the three-year-old Philly trotting group as a whole? I mean, Atlanta, Manchego, Feotosev, Plunge Blue Chip. I mean, can we say that if all four of those horses were in the Hambletonian, that they had had a good chance to round out the exacto trifecta even? I think all four of them would have made the final for sure. Well, um, I, I, Garnett, you might disagree with me here, but I think the Phillies in every division, the Phillies outweigh the boys by a long shot. Miriam Marauder was good today. Don't get me wrong. But, he, I mean, you've got he was, he was a product of a good trip. Right. And a, a lot of, you know, there was some racing luck that went into it. I don't think anybody disagrees that Handler's the best horse. Right. No, no, no. But we've but got yeah, Handler, sure. we've got Ariana G, we've got Manchego, we've got Plunge Blue Chip. Right. Now you've got Atlanta. I think in all divisions that the Phillies might be better than the boys right now. You might be right. All right. Well, listen, she becomes the third. 14. 14th. The third or the fourteenth. Wow! Listen, so, so, so she was the fourteenth. She becomes the fourteenth Philly. The last one to do it was Continental Victory in nineteen ninety six. Fourteen Phillies have won the Hamiltonian. The last one to try it was Mission Brief, and we all know what happened there. There was high drama there, and Johnny Jingra had to decide: Do I drive Pinkman or do I drive Mission Brief? And he chose the Philly. Once again, just kind of soaking up this scene, guys. Yeah, really cool. There's Atlanta walking. She doesn't look too. She doesn't look very tired to me. <laughs> she looks a little tired, but uh, she doesn't look like she's going to fall down tired. How long do you think it's going to take them to clear out this winter circle? They might have to put more time up on this. For this I don't know, man. They're, they're still taking pictures, and Scotty's here. still hugging people. And well, well, listen, we're we're, we're not going to be able to cover the next race by a long shot, I don't think, because uh, th- we we planned this out to where we thought we'd be able to cover the next race. But they have hung 18 on the board, and the driver's board says 26. Unbelievable. Yeah, we're going to try to get Jessica to try to get an interview. And uh, 
Mike, I tell you what, man, what what an what an amazing day of racing. That's really all you can really say. Yeah, certainly for Scott Zeron it was. Garnett was able to bail himself out of the Hamiltonian with that uh, very nice win ticket on Atlanta. I, Garnett, I do have to I do have to ask you. I do have to ask you. Now, now we saw you get up a couple minutes to po- before post to make that wager. When did you know that you were going to make that wager on her? Now, a $200 win bet on Atlanta. When did you know that you were going to do that? Just when I saw the price was hovering around 5-2, to 2-1. Two, two to if somehow she dropped down to even money, um, I, don't bet, I don't bet to double my money. I would have probably maybe looked at some exactors and stuff and probably lost because I wouldn't have had Mets Hall. But when I, when I realized I was going to get around 2-1, to one, even 8-5 to five would have been acceptable for me for that kind of a wager. That's when I went to make it. And I wanted to make sure I could make it before I got shut out, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's your payoffs exact to $140.20. With Mets Hall finishing second by Andy Miller's becoming the king of being in the money these last couple of years in the Hamiltonian. And he's got to be happy with that effort from Mets Hall. Uh, trifecta, $515.40. The uh, Daily Double, the uh, Oaks and... Hambo double pays eighteen sixty. I guess that's pretty good. Eighteen dollars and sixty cents. Yeah, um, I think it's all right. Okay, so we talked about Atlanta. Let's talk about a couple of the other horses while we got a minute. Tactical landing. Um, I thought raced okay. Battled back a little bit towards the end. Crystal Fashion made the same exact move this time. Atlanta did not back into him though. Uh, Alarm detector, I think, was third over and really just didn't have anything to offer. It's, it's tough to judge the horses that were in the back because. When Atlanta got that 29th second quarter, I think it was curtains. I think it was yeah. too. Yeah. I, I still say Crystal Fashion's one of the better three-year-old Colts right now. I still think Six Pack's the best of all of them, but uh, you got to put a driver on him. That, well, let's just leave it at that. He needs <laughs> he needs a better trip. Maybe we'll just say that. Well, I'll tell you, you know, he got completely roughed up. It, it will be interesting to kind of see how the next few weeks play out for the three-year-old Colt Trotters. Uh, they have a heck of a schedule over the next couple of weeks leading up to the Breeders' Crown. And i got to say, the Breeders' Crown, my friends, at which we will be at, yes, we is going to be a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, it would be something to see Atlanta take on the boys in the Breeders' Crown open trot, the three-year-old open trot. I just want to say kudos for these people to, for taking their shot, man. I'm, I know I'm a full – I don't own any, any horses that are any kind of this caliber, but if I did, if I was in the same position, I'd take my shot. You only live once, and I'm not getting any younger. You know, we didn't ask you about the late pick four. I don't believe did, did I, I didn't. Even, you you focused it on Atlanta. That's a good I call. I said, you know what? I'm just going to bet it all. Th- that's not a bad. That's not a bad deal. About to take the two to one. Two to one was a good price, and and you got it, John. Well, 14th Philly, Atlanta to win it. Want to take a timeout? Yeah. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, Jessica Odden's going to have an interview, and then probably after that, we'll wrap things up here from the Hamiltonian. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Join us for a huge two-day live on-site auction of historical items from the former Pompano Park Grandstand. The auction takes place at Pompano Park. It is set to go on Sunday, August 5th at noon and Monday, August 6th at 9 a.m. Come get your bidder's number at the open house on Friday, August 3rd and Saturday, August 4th from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. For those who cannot make it live on-site, it will be on ProxyBid.com. We will be featuring items from the former Grandstand dating back to the early 
early years of 1964, such as Paramutual signage, the plastic horse said that was high atop the park, Patton's Place sign, Castleton Farms mural, the Jackie Gleason bar, and a large wall art of horses and drivers from the sixth floor. For more information, visit Midwest-Auctioneers.com. That's Midwest-Auctioneers.com. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback farm.com The Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey is proud to present the National Standard Bread Horse Show coming up on August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. It's fun for the whole family. The fun starts on Friday, August 10th at 6.30 with games and fun divisions featuring the Sam McKee Memorial Barrel Race. Then on Saturday, August 11th, it's Western In-Hand Showmanship, Driving, Roadster, and Gated Divisions. And on Sunday, August 12th, Dressage, English Equitation, Jumping, Hunters Fresh Off the Track, War Horse, and the Pacing for the Cure 2-Gated Pleasure Class. This year's show is in memory of the late, great Sam McKee. For more information, visit us at sphonj.org. That's sphonj.org. It's the National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. Be there! Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. All right, here we go. Now we're back on post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Sorry about that. We're we're so into the celebration, Mike, that we didn't realize that we had our mute button. Now what a celebration it is down to the winner's circle. Let me tell you, we do have two more winners to announce in the foiled again program giveaway. Of course, this signed by Yannick Gingra. It was from his 100th win. And once again, you've guys got until about 6 o'clock to get a hold of us. You can either Facebook message us, Twitter message us, or get a hold of us. You can get on our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, and uh, contact us that way via email, and we'll get this thing right out to you. Okay, two more winners. They are Ken Isle and Robert McCabe. Ken Isle and Robert McCabe, congratulations. You've won autographed, foiled again programs from his 100th win at Heron's Philadelphia. As a, boy, we just got a really big close-up of Gabe Pruitt right there. Boy, that was scary. Oh, it was very scary. Oh, boy. Not of, not of his wallet, but it was about him. Once again, Ken Isle and Robert McCabe of, uh, I think Robert's from Facebook and Ken's from Twitter. Congratulations, you guys. 
get a hold of us somehow to collect your prize. Well, once again, in case you missed it, Atlanta is the Hambletonian champion. The Philly did it, beat the boys, a second-place finish in the elimination where she just got nabbed at Crystal Fashion despite setting some insane fractions, certainly more friendly fractions in the Hambletonian. She was able to get the job done. A big fist pump for Scott Zeron, who had just had an enormous day with three big wins in stakes races. Marion Marauder took the Cashman. Western Joe took the Sam McKee Memorial. And now Atlanta gives him his second Hambletonian in the last three years. Congratulations to the ownership group, Rick Zeron, Crawford Farms, Holland Racing, Howard Taylor, Bradley Grant, of course, trainer Rick Zeron, who we had on this show just a couple of short weeks ago. Obviously, it's always a big decision to put a filly in, in a Hamiltonian race to pass up the Hamiltonian Oaks, which may have been tougher in a lot of situations, you know, with the likes of Manchego and Plunge Blue Chip. Wow, and they are, look at, they are taking the filly around all the way up the apron. Yeah, go ahead and get a video of it as, as the celebration continues. Rick Zeron doing the interview now with Gabe Pruitt in the winner's circle as the celebration continues. But I'll tell you what a classy move that is, Garnett, taking the horse. I mean, after two heats, going all the way up the apron, giving the kids a chance to be next to a champion, it's an unbelievable scene right here at the Meadowlands as Atlanta continues to make her way across this apron here at the Meadowlands. 16 minutes away from the next race. Probably not going to be able to get that in as we are allotted three hours. We've only got about 20 minutes to go. We're going to try to hook up with Jessica Otten in the winner's circle. She is going to have reaction from Rick Zeron, Michelle Crawford doing an interview right now with Gabe Pruitt. As, uh, of course, tradition here in the Hambletonian as the winner always drinks from the trophy atlanta certainly living up to that tradition drinking from the trophy i mean just a just a great great sight and a great thing history was made 14th philly of all time to win the hambletonian a lot of questions about after that first elimination was she tiring could she do the two heats mike carter that question was answered yeah, I completely agree with that statement. Uh, Jess Cotton's going to get with, it uh, looks like she's going to try to get Ernie Hendry here. Uh, she's down right here. She was in that winter circle madness. And Garnett, you and I talked about this a little bit. We asked the question, was she tired or was, you know, or was they, were they just kind of saving something left? I think we got our answer. Well, I think she was tired only because of the product of the fractions, right? Yeah, and, no, I completely uh, agree. What's Blair Burgess doing in the winter circle? Good question. He needs a haircut. All right, listen, we gotta we gotta take a we gotta take a quick second here as Jessica Otten is standing by with winning second trainer Ernie Hendry. Yeah, Jessica, take it away. Thank you so much, guys. I'm here with Ernie right now. Ernie, kind of walk us through a little bit after you know she had a tough practice going into the uh, first elimination. What were your thoughts after that? Uh, you know, I knew it took a toll on her, but she's so relaxed and and she you know she recovers so quick. It took her a little longer to recover. But, you know, she went, urinated. Like, <laughs> I want to have lots. Now, when I talked to Scotty, he said he was going to try to hope out to work out a trip. And when she kind of went to the front, what were your thoughts in the effect? Well, I knew, like, she wasn't going to get away on him again. Like she, like he said, she was just, like, trotting up there the first time. And it was like, it was, he said it felt like we were going 57. 53 popped up. He goes, oh, I got to try to steal it now. So, 
when, when she got 29 in that last one, and I thought, okay, Jimmy's horse was moving first up. He's a grinder, but when she slit, when she screw off on him, like I say, I don't usually holler. I was screaming my guts out. And he really was. I was standing by him in the paddock. Now, you spent a lot of time in this filly. I mean, what does it mean to you to win the Hamiltonian? Uh, she's the best horse I ever looked after. Like, I mean, I don't, I'm not an emotional guy, but she, uh, she's got me half in tears, but I mean, she's just a sweetheart, man, a sweetheart. She doesn't do nothing wrong. You do whatever you want with her. She like, look at her, like, she don't care. <laughs> like, she's, she's just the perfect horse. Perfect All right. Well, thank you for your time and congratulations. Thank back, you. Thank you. Back to you, Mike. Jessica Otten stand, was standing by with a very happy Ernie, Hendry, and Mike. I got to tell you, all these connections are happy. We weren't going to get to Scott Zeron or Rick Zeron, so she grabbed the second trader. Very proud of Jessica there. She She's literally about midway around the first turn almost. Yeah. She, I'll tell you what, but she... Uh, Ernie Hendry, you know, listen, I've known Ernie, Ernie Hendry for quite a long time. I was telling you before, he used to race horses, he used to warm up horses at Hazel Park Raceway in Detroit, Michigan. He used to race horses at Windsor. And, uh, you know, good for Ernie to, you know, latch on to a good group there with the Zerons. And this certainly has to be a feather in his cap, you know. And, and I'll tell you, that's another thing, Mike. I think a lot of times it's underestimated the amount of work that the second trainers put in, that the grooms put in, that the caretakers put in. You know, we always, you know, the trainer always gets the spotlight or the driver always gets the spotlight. Not a whole lot do guys like Ernie Hendry get the spotlight. And, and, and here's the ironic thing about this. Now, you see the sea of humanity in the winner's circle, okay? You see the sea of humanity on the apron. Everybody's celebrating. And then what does it come down to? If you look all the way over there on the other end, it's Ernie Hendry with the Hamiltonian champion Philly by themselves. Yeah. I bet you that is a very special moment for him right now. Oh, for sure. He's got to be taking, uh, just taking it all in. And uh, listen, we're we're going to bring Jessica back in here. She uh, she told, she's got a couple of shots. She wants to make she's done a heck of a job. Jessica, I got to tell you, first of all, nice job walking with Ernie all the way around. Uh, how did uh, how did Anna look to you uh, walking uh, around the first turn? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, like you said, he's not really a sentimental kind of person, but you could tell he was getting a little choked up. I mean, he spends most of the time with that affiliate. You know, I mean, as a groom, as for aspects coming from me, I kind of know what he's going like. When your horse race is amazing like that, I mean, it's just hard not to get choked up. So it was really awesome to see him do it. I know him from racing in Canada, and it's just awesome to see him and Scotty and Rick, you know, the father-son uh, duo get the job done. So it's pretty amazing. All right, Jessica. Well, listen, give your shout-out to You've done a heck of a job today. All right. First, I have to say hi to my mom and dad because I think my dad is actually listening right now. And then I have to give a shout-out to my amazing bosses, Peter and Melanie Wren, for letting me take all the time to come and join you guys. I mean, they are just awesome people. Thank you again. And then, of course, my sister and all my other friends and family that might be listening. So there. I'm done. I'm hot. I'm sweating. I think I'm melting. <laughs> well, listen, make your way back up here, and uh, we've got some uh, cold beverages waiting for you, that's for sure. Jessica, thanks for everything uh, you've done, and uh, listen, we'll see you in a few minutes. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, Jessica, and our, uh, our, our, our winner circle and paddock correspondent, I'll tell you what, she's been all over this place the last couple of weeks for us, so we're, uh, we owe a debt of gratitude to her. we got our man Dave Weaver. He's back, and listen – you know, we, we talked a little bit about Atlanta. We talked on our show about Atlanta and what kind of – what how much the first heat might have taken out of her. And, and I'll tell you what, she put uh, all the boys and girls on notice here uh, this afternoon. 
Well, right after the race, Scott Zero and I said, what was the difference between the first heat and the, in the final? And I don't think he was trying to brag, but he said, the difference was me. I learned how to raider. I don't think he really wanted to do what he did in the first elimination. He went too fast, but he learned from it. You learn from your mistakes, and she gets the job done. By the way, did somebody say cold beverages? <laughs> I am in. Dave, you were down in the winner's circle, a part of the Sea Humanity when Atlanta entered it. We talked to Rick Zeron. We had him on the show a week ago. It was no question. He's a very emotional guy. It, was, it had to be a very emotional win. Just tell us from your perspective what the scene was like down in the winner's circle, the amount of emotion. It was incredible. Um, for Scott to win this one for his dad, uh, the previous one, not the case. There was a lot of emotion there. And to see the Philly drinking out of the Hamiltonian <laughs> Cup, I think, was the best part of the day. It's just a special moment. Now, Dave, uh, obviously, uh, you know, we, we all know you as a thoroughbred handicapper. But, you know, you, and I'm not even sure if you were there that day, that Zenyatta won the Breeders' Cup Classic. Were you, were you at Santa Anita that afternoon? I actually was. Uh, just to hear that amount of people erupting and I look I didn't better that day and it didn't matter me and everybody else in there were so happy to see her win and for a Philly to beat the boys is something you don't see and to see that happen here for the first time since 1996 you're always going to remember it well that was, that was going to be my question you saw you're obviously a more of a thoroughbred guy you know you're a thoroughbred player but how does something like this compare to that it's obvious that everybody was cheering for the Philly Oh, it's, it stacks up right there with it. I mean, the Breeders' Cup Classic is the ultimate. The Hamiltonian is the ultimate. It's been done 14 times in the Hamiltonian. It hasn't been done 14 times in thoroughbred races. So I think Zenyatta's is still a little bit more special. But, I mean, it's hard to compare the two, but this right, no, was a special moment. All right, man. I'll tell you what. What an impressive day of action, Mike. We've seen some pretty uh, impressive performances. The 14th race coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes or so. We are not going to get a chance to cover it here on this program. We're actually getting ready to take off. Thanks so much to everybody for taking time out. Mike, uh, any final thoughts? Nope, I'm good. Just uh, cold beverages, Dave. Uh, you know, that's... <laughs> Ice cold! Ice cold! Cheers. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Dave, let's appreciate you joining us. All right, guys, get back to work. Now, when do you get off? Are you done? I'm finished. Yep, I'm finished. Awesome. Get the tie off. A lot of sweat. All right. Thank All you right. Much, Thanks, so, Thanks so much to everybody who took time to listen to our program. We'll see you next Thursday. First post. 10:30. Good night, everybody. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know who wants to take me home. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.